Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes Hello, everyone out there in Geek Vibes Nation. This is your pal, Dane Alice, for another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and review all the major wrestling shows. Uh, and we have a pretty big show for you uh, today. We're going to be going over Monday Night Raw and and uh the underground and not the velvet underground if you thought that you andy warhol fans ha <laughs> uh 60s joke anyways um but you know we're gonna go over raw we're gonna go over smackdown and we have this event after SummerSlam, the week after it payback uh so mini pay-per-view on wwe that we get to kind of predict and we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll go over it but of course before we go into things I want to introduce my co-host, the co-host with the most, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful, but I am thinking to myself, Payback has to be one of the worst WWE pay-per-view names, Dane. Is that like on the top of the list of one of the worst? Uh, uh, yeah, it has to be. It's Definitely like great, great Balls of Fire, then Payback. <laughs> God, that Great Balls of Fire has to be the worst one of all time. Uh, but all jokes aside, I'm doing good, man. We had a good show last night. That'll be posted up for people before they listen to this one, so that's cool. And uh, yeah, excited to talk about wrestling. Uh, how was the rest of your your night, Friday night, I should say? Well, I decided to do what I've done normally and hang out with the roomies and uh, you know drink some alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverages. Uh, took a couple shots of tequila and uh, got up a little bit earlier this morning because I passed out, you know, kind of early and uh, watched SmackDown. So I'm uh, refreshed, ready to go, all that good stuff. How about you? Back in the day when I would drink tequila, let's say right outside of high school, I had this one friend that called me Boo Radley. Because he always thought I was going to die. Killed a mockingbird. Yeah, because to kill to kill a mockingbird. Uh, uh, I I can't I can't drink that shit, dude. That's how I end up under a pool table pretending I'm swimming when there's no water. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that uh you, that you get to enjoy that if you drink tequila. I mean, it's not that bad of a quality. At least you're not like you know I don't know going and jumping in trash cans and uh, jumping in front of traffic or something like that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a tequila and whiskey guy. I like scotch as well, too. Yeah, I can, I can do scotch, whiskey, gin, vodka, etc. For whatever reason, vodka. tequila um, always ends up with me getting extremely wasted. Not in a bad mood or anything, but definitely doing very strange shit. I think that's I think that's my vodka that's that's me for vodka and most rums too like especially dark rums but anyways this isn't a what do me and you like for liquor 
uh, podcast, I think that actually we should probably take it to the, the uh, direction of wrestling. Not that there's anything wrong with drinking. If you want to have a drink, have a drink. Unless you're underage and don't take my advice at all. Go ask your mom for some wine. It's not my fucking thing, okay? <laughs> I'm not here to parent the children of America. I'm here to talk <laughs> about wrestling, damn it. Oh, God. Uh, what's what, what that was that shitty thing that kevin smith always says where he's like doing a rehab show with jmu's and he's like handle your fucking high all right now tell them about how you used to suck dick for heroin or whatever they do <laughs> on that gimmick <laughs> i love kevin smith i'm still looking forward to kevin smith and chris jericho in a trivia contest so that's coming out soon so yeah that's gonna be awesome um he also uh he, he put out a podcast last night it's pretty good we'll get into it i guess Batman and Batman. Yeah, they did. They did a tribute show, but we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, I'm yeah. Um, we kind of uh, we, uh, you know, some impromptu dialogue to, I guess, kind of make us feel happier. Uh, and now that we have to change the direction of the show, um, I woke up to some pretty fucking terrible news. Uh, and this was something that happened last night, I guess, when I went to sleep afterwards. Uh, and I know, obviously, it's a wrestling show, but we're part of Geek Vibes Nation. Um, I'm a huge contributor on there. I, I've been invested in this man's career uh, in the early stages of it. And then, obviously, since I have a connection to not only cinema, but also, you know, uh, appreciation for the comic book movies, even though I kind of take a little bit, take a little bit of a, a back ride sometimes now. But it doesn't matter. Um, most of you know. Uh, Chadwick Boseman died of colon cancer and Black Panther T'Challa, uh, someone that, you know, uh, people of his community and just people in general, you know, looked up to uh, really good guy uh, outside of the fact that we lost Black Panther. Or we fought, lost an actor, just a good man in general. You can look up a lot of speeches. He did a lot of uh, college speeches Um you know, and he was a very informed, intelligent individual. He played the two movies I knew him from was uh, what should I call it? Uh, trying to remember, Forty Two, where he played Jackie Robinson. That's the first movie I saw him with it. And then uh, Get On Up, where he played James Brown. And uh, then the one thing about being not just a comic book movie fan, but also just being a fan of cinema, uh, when we found out that he was going to be playing Black Panther. I was excited because I saw him as an upcoming, you know, giant uh, down the road because I thought his acting skills were good. And I was in theater, and so that, that to me, that's, that's an aspect, obviously, with cinema that I really hold dear. Um, and he was, an, he was a good actor, man. When he brought it with Black Panther, he, he legitimized, legitimized that character um, to, to a point where I don't think it's going to be really hard I don't even want to go in that direction, honestly. I think thinking about Black Panther, the movie, and the future of that franchise is kind of beneath what happened. Uh, family members, wives. I don't know if he had kids personally, but if children lost someone, you know, and that's the biggest thing. And this, this guy was a good guy. He gave back a lot, and he was an inspiration for kids. Even if it says something as, you know, people might find silly, like a superhero. For that to be able to represent a community that didn't have a lot of that representation in that field and 
you know, kind of how I looked up probably when I was younger to Batman with Michael Keaton playing him and Christopher Reeves, the Superman movies that came before I was born. That's what I had at the time. So, um, just really, really, really sad. Kind of, I'm trying not to, but I'm getting a little bit emotional because not only does it tie into him, but the fact that he died of cancer and my grandmother passed a couple months ago, um, not from colon cancer, but a third time fighting a form of cancer. So it just kind of brought the feels to me this morning when I woke up, but, uh, he will be missed, man, and uh, that's it's terrible. You can see an outcry from wrestlers and actors, directors, a lot of people on Twitter, Facebook, social media, chiming in on this guy. And he's got three movies. One of them I know is on Netflix. Uh, he's got a Spike Lee movie that he already directed. He was directing these movies while going through cancer treatment. And there was a picture that surfaced of him not too long ago. It, that everyone kind of like noticed he looked pretty sickly while he was doing um forgot what the film was called but the one that came to netflix as of recently um the uh movie 21 bridges that's right so we thought it was for the role itself i'm definitely gonna check that out i'm definitely gonna check out spike lee's the five bloods and uh yeah it just uh it sucks to lose someone and i feel for my black brothers and sisters, man, you know, Kobe, him, everything that's going on. It's kind of hard for not for me to fucking say something like that. So, um, I'll let you say whatever you want to say, Chris, and then we'll do a 10 second salute. Yeah, I, I would just, you know, same feelings as you very tragic. Someone was, will say, let's say relatively young, at least with his major acting career. Um, 42 was absolutely incredible. I've heard great things about the James Brown movie. Obviously, didn't get to check that out. But like I told you before the show, uh, him as Black Panther and probably you know Hugh Jackman as Logan have been my favorite comic book character acting um, in the past ten years. Like I thought they were both fucking brilliant. It's very tragic, and to know this guy was still working while being sick and still putting in that effort and doing movies. It's just, it's just really sad. And uh, I think you summed it up best. Like, you know, we had comic book heroes <laughs> growing up, but this is, like you said, though, like one of the first, at least on-screen African-American appearances of a superhero you could really get behind. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a loss, man, for sure. It, it sucks. It's not one I'm happy about. <laughs> But uh, Kevin Smith and uh, the Fat Man on Batman guys, they did a great tribute show almost immediately uh, as soon as the news was announced. So definitely check that out. They'll probably do a better job of synopsising this than than me. But uh, yeah, just very sad, very tragic loss. And uh, you know, good wishes to his family. Honestly, this is a shitty situation. Cancer's a motherfucker, man. If, if you're going to drop the elbow on anything, it should be cancer. Yep. I agree. And, uh, yeah, just thank you, Chad, for playing a very powerful character and being an inspiration for people uh, just by playing that character, besides all the good that you did outside of it, all the Make-A-Wish stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cool videos that you can dive into. I guess the silver lining, the fact that we get more movies from him, one more at least, and there's a couple new ones that are, you know, we can we can look up on Netflix and watch as of right now. But the fact that, you know, he uh, he provided a lot 
you know, he did a lot of make a wishes. He did. There's a lot of videos of him doing speeches. So good dude. Extremely sad. I am. It's just an unfortunate thing, man. Really, really is. Uh, but anyways, let's do the uh, 10 second salute for Chadwick Boseman. All right, Wakanda forever. Rest in peace, King. <sighs> well, this is going to be fun to continue after that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no shit, right? This is like every episode, every other episode we do. Or actually, we have two in a row with very sad passings. This, know, year's, been a, this year's been a motherfucker. Just put it that way. Yeah, I can't say I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> but, um... Anyways, so we start out Monday Night Raw of this week uh, with, you know, the champion himself, Drew McIntyre. Um, he hits the ring and raises the title as the pyro goes off. We get a video on last night's SummerSlam win over Randy Orton. Drew welcomes everyone to the first Raw from the Thunderdome. He gets the virtual fans to give him a thumbs up. Drew goes on about why he beat Orton at SummerSlam. He's hungrier than Orton and works harder. Drew says he's proud to be WWE champion. Drew knows what it's like to wonder where your next paycheck is coming from, something Orton has never experienced because he's always been protected. Drew goes on ranting about Orton and says that Orton recently declared himself the greatest wrestler ever for winning the match at Backlash. So he must be the greatest wrestler now that he beat Orton with the wrestling hold. Yeah, with a wrestling hold at SummerSlam. Drew challenges Orton to step up again so he can claymore his head off this time. Drew exits the ring as his music starts up. Drew stops at the stage, raises his title, but Orton, you know, attacks him, obviously. You gotta pay attention, dude. You're dealing with the fucking Viper. Viper, much like a snake before him, I would say. You never fucking turn your back on a snake. Um, so they brawl all over the place. <laughs> They brawl into gorilla position, uh, and everyone, including Adam Pierce, is trying to break up the brawl itself. Uh, he gets, he kind of, you know, even goes a little more heelish for, you know, than he's known for by uh, just getting him to the ground while everyone's holding Drew McIntyre, trying to get him up and just punts him right in the head. And then when everyone packs him up, he puts his arms up like, I'm done, I'm done, and then does it again. So, you know, our champion is left just completely motionless. While Sonya Dutt and, and, and Anna Pierce and everyone's trying to, like, you know, revive him. Uh, then we get a hype, uh, you know, package or a little bit of a, a thing for Keith Lee's, uh, you know, showing up after losing to Karrion Cross. But um, before we go there, what do you think about this opening with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton? I thought the opening was really great. It's more of how they built off the opening that I had a problem with. So I guess we'll get with that. It was cool to see Sanjay Dutt again. So shout out to Sanjay, Sanjay Dutt. Um, yeah, I had no problem with the opening. It's just more of how the rest of the show kind of followed it around Drew McIntyre. And I, I guess we'll get there. And we kind of talked about it on the, the previous episode. If you get fucking punted in the head two times by Randy Orton, you should be fucking dead. Uh, at least storyline wise. Yeah. And why do I feel like he's going to show up in this Keith Lee match this uh, tomorrow night, since we're filming on Saturday? Um, 
Anyways, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get more into that. Uh, back from the break, we see what just happened between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. We see Drew being helped to his feet by the referee and Sanjay Dutt and Adam Pierce. Drew uh, brushes them off and insists he's fine and walks away. So let's just talk about this right now, since this is actually when it happened, and we'll we'll see a third one that really takes him down and apparently fractures his skull. So Shawn Michaels and Drew McIntyre, I guess Shawn, being one of his mentors, told Drew the best way to not get destroyed by this fucking punt. Because now, after the stomp has already been pretty much <laughs> nullified with with Seth and everything that happened to The Fiend, um, I guess the punt is not really as good as it used to be. If you're doing older wrestlers, even some people the same age as Randy, like Christian and Edge, uh, guys that are just not been in it. It's a one-time kill shot. But if you go against Shawn Michaels or Drew McIntyre, especially, his head is apparently, I would say, as as, as thick as uh, as Okada's. Uh, I'm assuming. So, uh, what did you think about this, Chris? It's it's a weird one, right? We always talk about protecting moves, and you brought up Okada, which I think is perfect. Like, yes, his move is a clothesline, but it's protected. And one of the moves that WWE has protected for forever and has kept Randy Orton from doing from years is the is the punt. And they bring it back, and it's this impactful move where he's taking out everyone left and right with it again. And then you have him basically waste it on this Raw on one guy that I don't know necessarily is going to be the future of this company. And also like, if you know, everyone gets injured from this fucking move as a medical staff, you can't just be like, Oh, it's fine. You can just walk around backstage. Drew. You know what I mean? The, the, the immediate concern that should have been necessary on what happened while they showed it to begin with, it was like two minutes later and he was fine. Um, just kind of seeding around and being pissed off backstage. And, and that more so than anything else I have a problem with because you should be, this is one of the only moves in WWE that's protected. Everything besides else the, is... Besides the tombstone, which is only done by Kane and Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, it's it. So from that standpoint, it sucked. But, you know, like, as, as getting heat on Orton and stuff at the beginning of the show, it was fine. There's just way better ways they could have handled it after the two punts, right? Especially where they're leading to in the show later on. Yep. All right. Well, we had Sarah Schreiber. She talked to Nia Jax. Nia Jax said that she's not going to apologize to Pat Buck. Blah, blah, blah. She's back. We don't really know why. Anyways, let's keep on going. We got Bailey going against Shayna Baszler. Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. What were with, like, the the cotton candy hair? I wrote this down. I have cotton candy hair with Nia Jax. I would love to read your notes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're just scrawlings of a madman. But... She's supposed to be a heel. Why does she have super happy person hair? I don't and, know why. It's smiling and cutting a heel promo. This is like two weeks in a row of this. And that's the only reason I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> look, Naya, love you. Um, maybe maybe wrestling's not your bag, babe. I'm sure she's going to listen to you. I, you know, the fact is, Naya could beat the shit out of both, I think, me and you at the same time. That's the scary part. Shit, she's got to catch me first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have Bailey versus uh, Shayna Baszler. Nia would come back within this. Um, and, 
right away you can tell there's tension between Bailey and Sasha. There would be a promo making it way worse because Bailey apparently, I mean, doesn't think before she says stuff. I don't know. But that's that was on SmackDown, so we'll go over that next. But you could just tell, like I said, that there was tension between them. And I don't remember why exactly Bailey was going against Shayna Baszler. Maybe I missed that part. I mean, a lot of shit happens anyways. But at the end of the match, we come back from a commercial break. Jax is still watching from the ramp. Baszler strikes first and sends Bailey into the corner to regroup. They lock up again, and Baszler works her arm, taking Bailey to the mat. Baszler keeps control and sends Bailey to the floor. She joins Banks to regroup as the referee counts. Bank, Banks yells at Baszler. Bailey returns to the ring and decks Baszler in the gut, then beats her down. Bailey keeps control and grounds Baszler with the headlock. They run the top uh, ropes and Baszler drops her. More back and forth. Banks uh, ends up proving distraction, allowing Bailey to drop Baszler from behind. Bailey takes Baszler to the corner and works her over. Uh, Bailey with a superplex for a two count. Bailey drops Baszler again and nails an elbow to the back of the head, then covers for another two count. Baszler gets up and uploads off big body shots. Baszler gets sent to a to the floor by Bailey. The referee counts now. Baszler goes to get back in the ring, but Nia Jax runs down and stops her, pulling her back down by her leg. The referee calls for the bell. So winner, uh, Shayna Baszler, by DQ. And as the bell rings, Jax decks Baszler again. Baszler tries to fight back, but Jax uh, works her over. Banks and Bailey are all smiles as Jax brings Baszler to the ring. They try to talk Jax into attacking Baszler again. Jax and Baszler end up staring at the champs down as they back up the ramp. I guess I guess King Kong Godzilla didn't need a commentary or something like that. Jax and Baszler exit the ring and stare down the champs as they continue to back up the ramp. And Jax and Baszler look at each other and then look at back at the champs. So I guess fighting brings the best out of people, Chris. Because now we're lumping Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. And tomorrow night on 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 payback or whatever the fuck it is, um, they're gonna have a match and try to get the championships. And we were wondering who they were gonna do this with. I don't think we we neither of us saw this coming. Um, they're probably gonna get the championships. I'm assuming because of what's happening in the storyline from Bailey and Sasha Banks. Um, why is the question? Are they though? Because later on in the the evening, Shayna came off as a super baby face. Is that why Naya has cotton candy baby face hair? I don't know, but that's definitely the match now on there. Um, I but just yeah, assume... stuff that happens on SmackDown kind of leads them into having some type of an alliance. So I guess yeah, I just said... on two episodes. <laughs> I just assumed the setup was that Nia Jax was going to turn on Shayna. That could and happen. That's that sets up their little feud because I don't think they're done with this Sasha Bailey stuff by any means. I've been saying that for years and it, it turns out I've been right so far, but, uh, I, this was fine. It was nothing, nothing great, but pretty good for raw TV. Put it that way. All right. We had a goofy little part where Kevin Owens, um, is in the back looking for Alistair and they point to like what looked like a janitor's closet. Uh, and he's like, the lights aren't on. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. So then he opens the door, checks to make sure Alistair Black's going to come. He's all, like, pointing his fingers at him and trying to be all nice. And then Alistair slams the door. So uh, 
Back from the break, Kevin Owens is in the ring for another must-see edition of the Kevin Owens Show. Owens welcomes uh, us to the first Kevin Owens Show in the Thunderdome. And he invites out Aleister Black. He talks up Aleister Black. Uh, Aleister is wearing, like, a patch, but, like, you know... I guess he can't buy eye patches. He can only take pieces of fabric to go across his eyes. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a good look for him. I like it. Uh, anyways, so Alice is not saying much of anything. He's got a very, very, you know, darker demeanor than he normally does. Let's put it that way. And Kevin's asking some, some questions, and there's not a lot coming back. So he starts going, look, I know how you feel with – but Seth Rollins, you know, him and Murphy have have messed with me for a long time. You can ask Ray, you can ask Dominic, you can ask a lot of the wrestlers. And, um, you know, Aleister Black at one point looks as if he's having some type of pains and goes to like his knee. Um, and I think he starts favoring his eye, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And Kevin, you know, looks concerned, goes over to get Aleister Black. And he hits him with a, a lower black mass, basically. And then kind of waits to, until Kevin stumbles up and hits him with basically the Judas effect, a back elbow. Uh, and that's pretty much it, I guess. They're going to go with a Kevin owens Aleister Black um, rivalry. It looks like Aleister Black is now going to be somewhat of a heel, or maybe this was is to ground him as a a pretty neutral person like he used to be. Like, he just fights everyone, and he's not worried about anything like that. Um, I liked it. I, it's something different. I think Kevin Owens and Aleister Black could have some good matches, but we talked about this, Chris. The problem with this thing is if they just allow these guys to have a meaningful, you know, and not so much the one that was discombobulated and all over the place between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, but, like, Actually have a rivalry, you know, have a series of matches, kind of build it up and do this for the next, like, couple months instead of what we think is going to happen, that Kevin Owens is going to be the first person that Aleister Black beats to move on with, you know, him building with this new character. And I I don't want to see that. So I would like a series of matches. I think Kevin Owens and Aleister Black can really bring it. Shit, they can, they can both get traded over to NXT because I would way rather that. Um, and just continue their feud there. So, um, I don't know. Uh, he he did it out of nowhere. Kevin Owens is still definitely the baby face. So, I, I didn't think it made him look weak because they were friends not too long ago. So, um, I don't want Aleister Black to be a friend. I don't want him to be pretty much anything like that. Um, so, I, I like this. What would you think? To sum it up in one sentence, I thought it sucked. <laughs> um, no, all right. So I'll give it. I'll give it some critiques. Are we supposed to forget about the fact that Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins? Like whipped his ass. Is that is that where we're at, Dane? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that was mania. So the entire the entire time when he's talking about like I know that their stuff like Seth and Buddy are these evil people. It's like, yeah, but you beat him. It's the whole thing is a baby face. You're supposed to move on <laughs> once you beat the guy. And un- not only beat him, he kind of destroyed him in that match. Um, and Kevin Owens is just bringing it back up and slogging through this. And look, I mean, there's definitely worse people you could put in a feud with Aleister Black. 
right? So am I excited about seeing them have matches together? Sure. Am I stoked on the storyline where Aleister Black is favoring an eye injury, which is already <laughs> already kind of a bad storyline with Rey Mysterio to begin with? Uh, not so much. And also, WWE, this is going to really hurt your feelings, but stop doing fucking Piper's Pit. It, it only works because of Roddy Piper. It sucked. Yeah. Every... Every every edition they've done of this since Piper's Pit has always sucked. There's only <laughs> one I can say comes anywhere close, and that was Chris Jericho's. That's about it. Yeah, and even that sucked in comparison to like Piper's Pit, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just fucking stop doing it. Um, but at least it's not the Alexa Bliss Coffee Time or whatever the fuck they were doing before. But <sighs> like I said, to sum it up in one sentence, this sucks. Um. Aleister Black versus Kevin Owens, though. That'll be, that'll be, that should be some good matches if they actually give them time to work and they just don't ask Kevin Owens to get murdered uh, within 10 seconds of the match. Exactly. And also, if this ties back into Aleister Black somehow becoming a part of Seth Rollins' like groupies, like him and, and Buddy Murphy, like I, I don't want to see that at all. If you're going to do Aleister Black, heel, whatever. He should be by himself. He should be a loner. He shouldn't really speak as much. And when he speaks, it just should be pretty aggressive and uh, straight to the point. So don't fucking do that either. That would really. I, I agree with you. I, I the only thing I'll say about that is if they decide to put Alistair Black in that crew, he's gonna get he's gonna get more over in that group than Buddy Murphy or Seth Rollins because I think people are just done with the way they're booking Seth Rollins. If they have something where he takes over or some shit like that, that would be kind of interesting. I'll give it that. So we have Charlie Caruso. She approaches Sasha Banks and Bailey while they're arguing backstage. They're confident about Sasha winning her title back later tonight. But then when they're when that's over, they're going to get payback on Nia Jax and Sasha Banks. Ooh, I, I, I didn't realize how they set it up like that. Yeah, anyways. Um, so we had a fatal four-way with R-Truth, Kirtozawa, Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander, I should say, and Shelton Benjamin. It was a pretty good four-way, but it's for the fucking 24-7 championship. So Akira Tozawa won and ran out of there with his ninjas. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good wrestlers in here. I know all these guys are friends, including Ricochet, including, you know, Lashley. Like, I'm glad they're all getting to work together. I feel bad for Ali. I don't know what the fuck happened with him um, or who he made mad. But um, I just don't care. I mean... It's a 24-7 title. I think it's beneath Shelton Benjamin uh, and even Cedric Alexander to an extent. And R-Truth, he's the <laughs> only one that you can put it on and it doesn't hurt him because he elevates that title. That's the only person. Sorry. Anyways, how do you yeah, I mean, he, this, Chris? He's, he's the only person in this match that's even a semblance of fucking over. <laughs> so, I mean... He, him handling the title is a lot like uh, not Bob Holly, but uh, Crash, right? Exactly. Like their modern Crash Holly, he does a good job in the spot that they gave him with that title. As soon as they start trying to make this fucking title serious, which is not what this title's supposed to be, it sucks. And also ninjas, are we still doing this? Yeah, Things- with Tazawa, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure was born over here and speaks perfect English. So. Things the internet should get pissed about and cancel. <laughs> Can we cancel the fucking ninjas with Tazawa? Please. God. 
Just goons in general, like, fuck, we got Retribution, we got the Dark Order, and we got ninjas. I guess, here's a question for you, Dane. Would you rather be a part of Dark Order or a part of the ninjas? Oh, Dark Order, because at least our leader has a championship, and finally, even though they buy lawnmowers and and, uh, (laughs) cars. Well, Akira has a championship as well. Yeah, I guess you're right, but 24-7 started the TNT title. I don't know, man. You're not selling it well, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I guess you got me there. I'm not doing a good job at selling Akira Tozawa and his crew from ninjas. <laughs> Neither is this fucking company, right? Something better. There's no way you can tell me you can't find anything for Akira Tozawa to do as an athlete in the shit show of this three-hour fucking show. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so um, I want to know how you feel about this next part because we had Randy Orton go, you know, beeline right past Mackenzie Mitchell. She's asking questions. Everyone just blows her off. It's so sad. She actually has some emotion, unlike Charlie. Um, but, <laughs> but her emotion is just watching people run by all the time. So I don't I'm looking know really actually... worried. <laughs> yeah. Looking really worried. Uh, and, uh, you know. Uh, we have Randy Orton going to the ring, uh, and he just talked about, says that, um, okay, so Orton takes a mic and goes on about how he's done uh, what he, whatever he wants, when he wants, for the longest time to whoever he wants. Uh, Orton says that didn't happen at SummerSlam, however. He promised to everyone that he would RKO Drew, kick him in the head, and take his title, and he didn't. Orton says you can call him a lot of things, but one thing he is and forever will be is a man of his word. Uh, until you fucking kick someone in the head twice afterwards. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so he's still a good guy. Uh, he promised he'd uh, kill various legends and he took all of them out because he's a legend killer. Orton says Drew came out. Uh, here earlier, and he was presented with the opportunity to kick Drew in the head, so he did, and he felt good about it. Orton says he kicked Drew twice earlier because he offered Orton a rematch out of pity. Who the hell do you think you are? Orton reminds Drew who he is, the legend killer, the great wrestler. Uh, The music interrupts, and out comes Keith Lee to make his official Raw debut. Um, Lee smirks at Orton, and they stare at each other. Uh, and then stare each other down. Lee takes a mic and says, Orton seems a little perplexed. Lee says that would make sense as they haven't been properly introduced, so allow him. They introduce himself and says he's come here to offer Orton this spectacular opportunity, this luxury, this privilege, to stop what he's doing for just one moment and bask in Lee's glory. Lee goes on about how Orton has been called the Viper, the Apex Predator, the Legend Killer. Lee has been called things like the Game Changer, the Anomaly, uh, but certainly one main thing, he's Limitless. And since the limited one, Limitless One is now on Raw, and since it's not uh, so good, friend Orton uh, is looking for a front fight with uh, respect to Lee's friend Drew. Lee would like to set that up, basically, and take out Orton. And uh, Orton is willing to accept the challenge for a uh, one-on-one, but he says later, kid, and basically gets the hell out of the ring. And that sets up a match for later on. We know that's coming, but uh, I thought this was a good promo. Main thing 
to talk about. Randy did great. Randy always does great, uh, especially lately, you know. Uh, but Keith Lee, people were not fucking happy, Chris. I'm going to say some stuff that's not probably going to be popular. The way he was talking is the way that Keith Lee had been talking in NXT. Maybe he was a little bit more Fraser Crane-like. But we've been saying for a long time that we'd like to see him get a bit more aggressive. And he did with the Karrion Cross storyline, and I think that he was better then. But he's now kind of starting new on this on this product on Raw. So it's going to, you know, we're going to be dealing with this. But people were acting like he's never done that before. His wrestling outfit really doesn't bother me. I kind of wish that, you know, it was more, if it's going to be like a, a, a singlet, like, you know, Kurt Angle style, that he doesn't have frilly-ass shorts on the fucking bottom because uh, it did look like a skirt, but I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. The music does bother me. I do want the old stuff or at least some resemblance of something like that. But I know that the person that designed it, they're having legal issues with uh, as of right now. So I forgot what the name of the guy that was writing themes for him, but some bullshit involving that. So hopefully that comes back. I didn't think this was that bad of, of a, uh, of him showing up. People acted like he was way more out of character than I thought that he was. But hey, maybe that's just me. Maybe you have a different opinion on it. What do you think about the Randy Orton and Keith Lee square off? So as a casual fan, I'm just going to say from my wife's perspective, when she saw Keith Lee show up and cut this promo, she's like, this guy's fucking awesome. Because she doesn't watch all of the wrestling that I watch. Because God forbid anyone have to watch all the wrestling I watch. Um, but she was super into it. I know there's a lot of people that were super sour on the music. And I think they came out on Twitter and said that he's going to have a new song at Payback. So uh, they're they're doing something. It seems like, like you said, with licensing or something, they just had to throw a song out there. Uh, so it's probably just, you know... You know, uh, whatever they have in line for WWE 2K21 or 2K22 is the creative wrestler theme song. Uh, that's that's what seems like happened. So maybe he'll get something super cool. I thought the promo was fine. I mean, Keith Lee's a good promo, but he's never been like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin or anything. And um, no, Randy was was good here. I mean, Randy did the shit back heel move. He's like, hey, I just punted your friend twice. I'm the fuck out of here. If you want to wrestle me later, that's cool. Um, the, only, <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would say is, like, you know that Orton's going to have a match no matter what when he punts <laughs> fucking Drew in the head twice in his ring gear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Uh Outside of that, I mean, I thought all this was fine. I get it. Like, it's not going to be... I don't think it's going to be a watered-down version of Keith Lee or anything. I, like, they're giving the guy a fucking main event push. He's right up there with, you know, Drew McIntyre and, and Randy Orton, who have been the main event of this show. So I don't know what the fuck people are so upset about, other than he's not on uh, NXT anymore. Now, if you want to be if you want to be a dick about it and, and nitpick, the actual problem is... If you lose the title in NXT, you just immediately go to the main roster. You're like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's more of a problem to me than like if Keith Lee shows up with different fucking music. He should be pissed off that he lost the title to Karrion Cross. It should be going back you after You know who the didn't do that? <laughs> you know who didn't do that was a guy named Kevin Owens. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Owens showed up on Raw with the title, whipped John Cena's ass, then lost the title. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. You, 
you can book it different. You don't have to necessarily drop the title to go to Maine. <laughs> That's just a WWE thing that they have stuck in their fucking head. And I get it's like the uh, the old school retirement where you're going to go out on your back or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but all three of these fucking shows are on TV and you want us to watch all of them. So they need to make fucking sense together <laughs> to some extent. So this is the same problem I have with being the fucking elite. <laughs> If you guys listened to the previous episode, uh, I, I did a whole rant about that also. I agree, man. All right, so next up we have this stupid, unnecessary, dumb love triangle where uh, a guy that, if, if you watch all three products, you know is clearly married, is getting all that girl action. Uh, we have Demi Burnett back from Bachelor because people give a shit. Uh, Selena Vega and Charlie basically kind of all arguing over him. And he, at the end of it, proposed for both him to go out with Charlie and also uh, Demi. So the balls, the kahunas of Garza. But, you know, all all small talk, what the fuck ever. And then we get an announcement that we will be having Keith Lee and Randy Orton on uh, later on tonight. Angel Garza goes against Montez Ford. Uh, good match, uh, but we've seen a lot of this interaction, and I'm kind of getting sick of it. Um, the big thing that happened was Ivar came out with another giant uh, turkey leg and offered it uh, to Demi, and they left, which distracted Angel, and he lost. Uh, loved Montez. I, I like. I really think it's cool how he's doing the frog splash, but making his body like you know completely go the opposite way when he hits it. Guy is an athletic freak. So uh, Montez f- uh, Ford won. Angel was pissed. Ford stands tall. Uh, Dawkins joins him, and uh, yeah, that was it. That was that was that was the match. That's that's what happened. And yeah, what'd you think, Chris? In my notes, I have two minutes in. Montez Ford took one of the best bumps I've seen in a long ass time, but I don't remember what it was off of. Uh, maybe a kick or something like a super kick or something. But he fucking did a full, let's say Dwayne the Rock Johnson backflip bump. Right on his fucking face, and it was great. So I liked the beginning of this match a lot. The rest of it, I mean, it was good. It's a good match, but like you said, yeah. and 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 we talked about it. We've seen it a lot, um, and they're just doing the Otis storyline now with Ivar, I guess. And I don't know why I'm supposed to care about this person from the Bachelorette who or the Bachelor or whatever the fuck that's not a professional wrestler. So. It's not going to lead to a Ugh. match. Who, who's she going to wrestle? Snooki at fucking WrestleMania? Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope if you want <laughs> if you If you want to do something with this, then why is he not hitting on Selena Vega? Like, that would be the obvious fucking answer to this equation. <laughs> but yeah, no. I agree. Fuck logic, I guess, with WWE. Let's bring in someone from The Bachelor that wrestling fans have no the fuck idea who this person is. <laughs> uh, it's you ridiculous. Have, you guys have had the same fucking core audience for 30 years and you can't figure out like that wrestling fans don't give a shit about The Bachelor. You may have like a 5% crossover <laughs> there. Yeah, that's relying on a lot of... Yeah, that, that makes absolutely no sense. It's stupid. Uh, so anyways, after they beat the living hell out of each other and then looked at each other and realized, hey, we could win tag titles. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are seen backstage. Nia approaches Shayna. Jax says she thought about it and she thinks they can win the WWE Women's Tag Team titles together. And she wants the titles. Baszler says if she helps with that, 
She wants Jax to get off her back and leave her alone. Jax says as long as Baszler follows her lead. She gives a quick shove, but Baszler slaps her back and then walks off. Jax goes the other way. Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan come walking uh, with Bianca Belair. Uh, and they're going to be going against Selena Vega and the Iconics after the commercial. And back from the break, uh, it's announced that Bailey and Sasha Banks will defend against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler at Payback. They are so good at doing that, just getting those matches as soon as something happens. Um, what the, how the hell are these two? And it, it continues, like I said, on SmackDown. How is Nia Jax and Shayna going to get along? I, I guess you're right, man. I think that they're going to just fuck it up. Um, and continue more stuff involving uh, Sasha and Bailey when they could have started this, like, I don't know, six years ago, it seems. Um, and I guess Nia and Shayna will be going at it. But, uh, yeah, this, this has happened with Dana Brooke last week from, um, oh, I can't think of her name, um, Sonya Deville, and now with Nia Jax, of all people. Sorry, if someone slaps me in the fucking face... I'm not going to walk away from it. I'm probably going to do something. So that also bothered me. But um, what do you think about this promo? And uh, are you excited about what we're going to talk about with Selena Vega and the Iconics going against Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan? Can I be completely honest? I've never told you no in the history of the show. I have absolutely no recollection of this at all, except for <laughs> Jax's... Except for Nia Jax's hair. I kind of remember the match, but Iconics make me want to tune out every time I see them anyways. So I definitely remember glazing over this. So if you're an Iconics fan or a Nia fan, I'm sorry, but I don't remember any of this shit. Uh, This was Monday. That's a long-ass time ago from now. (laughs) Well, just to let you know, Bianca, Liv, and Ruby beat the Iconics and uh, Selena Vega so that's really all that matters, and uh, Bianca looked really good at it. But um, yeah, man, that's happening, and apparently Nia Jax and uh, and uh, Shayna Baszler are going to be tagging together. So good stuff. Anyways, I, I mean, the one thing I remember about the Nia Jax Shayna Baszler thing is by the end of the show, I have no fucking idea why they're setting up that feud, because that's definitely not what they pushed at the end of this show. Anyway, so Ricochet and Cedric are backstage and they're having an arm wrestling contest. Mark Henry comes up. They're all just like talking, stuff like that. He's about to have a segment. And then MVP comes up and starts telling Cedric same shit, basically. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you, why are you just joking around with this, you know, idiot back here? Which is Ricochet, and that makes me sad. Anyways, um, so, yeah, it just kind of sets stuff up. And we're going to have Bobby Lashley against Apollo Crews. Arm wrestling. I'm not going through this whole entire fucking thing. At the end of it, Apollo Crews stepped on Bobby Lashley's foot, cheated clearly, the babyface, especially one like him who's like super babyface usually, uh, to win, and then hell broke loose, and he was able to fight pretty much all three of them off. Oh, no, what did he do? There was two of them outside. He threw Bobby Lashley outside on the other side and then went and did a flippy thing. Uh, and took out uh, both MVP and Shelton Benjamin, and stood tall. So he's losing that title, I think. Why? It, it took them this long to get the Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz. What the fuck? I I like Bobby Lashley kind of being a smart babyface. That was very heel to win the arm wrestling match, but the exit from the ring, I had I had no problem with. Like I thought that was kind of cool. 
because he did the same thing at SummerSlam, where he escaped the uh, the the baddies, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So we go to a video package of Dominic and Ray, and everything that happened with the street fight. Uh, Charlie is with uh, both parents and Dominic, and they just talk about the fight and how. Rollins is going to lose later on because they're having a tag team match. Rollins and Buddy Murphy against Ray and Dominic. And uh, that would set up another tag match and somehow another match with Ray Mysterio and Seth that got announced for this next Monday Night Raw after their tag match tomorrow night. Um, yeah, this this feud, this is when I said I want feuds to go on a little while, I, I forgot. I, I wasn't talking about this one, just to let you guys know. And then there was a stupid segment where after beating... A fucking amazing wrestler like Mickey James by throwing her out of the ring and getting a 10 count on what the hell ever. Now you have these social influencers, I guess, Natalia and Lana, like ending each other's sentences and then talking shit about Mickey James. And then she came out and kicked the crap out of both of them. So, yeah, that was <laughs> that was it. Uh, what did you think about these two uh, segments? The, one, the stuff so with Rey Mysterio and uh, Dominic and then obviously the one with Mickey James. So the Ray and Dominic stuff is fine, other than I'm just done with the storyline. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought Ray was pretty good here, and, and Dominic wasn't bad at all. Um, the wife seems super awkward, but you know what? She's not supposed to be a professional wrestler, so that just is what it is, right? Uh, a casual wrestling fan update. My wife also walks in while I'm watching this, and she's like, are Lana and... <laughs> is Lana... <laughs> God, I can't even... Is Lana and Natalia getting married? Why are they both wearing white? What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and then Mickey James comes out with her shitty theme music, kicks both of them in the head, and that segment's over. And she's like, well, that was anticlimactic. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't think that I can give a better synopsis than that on the <laughs> Natalia so Lana terrible. stuff. But <laughs> I do love... That was, like, probably my favorite thing of the night is Lana and Natalia getting married because, you know, last time my wife probably watched, Natalia was getting, or not Natalia, but Lana was getting married to Bobby Lashley. Or you just skate over that and pretend that never happened, I guess. Oh, including the Liv Morgan stuff. Anyways. Um, so Shane McMahon is backstage with his Raw um, underground security. Her business walk up, uh, and Bobby Lashley says he wants to fight tonight. He doesn't care who it's against. Shane says he's in the right place, and they proceed to go there. And back from the break, we have Bobby Lashley. Um, And uh, for some reason, even though, obviously, yes, collegiate college wrestler, Dolph Ziggler, though, decides to be, yeah, I'll do it. Not a good idea. But uh, they did have some back and forth. And then somehow, I guess now, a way to stop a match is destroying them off the stage. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to that before, but Lashley beat up like, Three other people, and he was happy about that. It made him feel better about the arm wrestling. So I'm happy that he he figured it out, Chris. He figured it out. I like that they tried to put Bobby Lashley over strong, but I have no fucking idea what they're doing with this raw underground thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know what got Lashley over strong? The fact that he almost beat your world champion and got screwed out of the title, and there was no follow-up on that. Yeah, I have to agree with you, man. It's uh, it's pretty weird. So uh, next we had the match with Keith Lee and Randy Orton. 
I mean, this was this was good. We got to you know see a little bit of Keith Lee's arsenal. I knew when he was going against Randy Orton, he wasn't going to be doing a lot of the the cooler stuff that eventually he needs to show the crowd for people that don't know him from NXT. Some of the the stuff that he can do as a big man that's really impressive. But you know, he is on the main roster now, so he's still got a lot of stuff in, got a lot of offense. Um, and it was a DQ uh, win for Randy Orton because Drew McIntyre came out. And they just started blasting each other. So McIntyre is now Wolverine. He has healed up completely from both uh, both impacts of head trauma. And, uh, you know, they start just beating the living hell out of each other. Uh, and Drew returns to the ring. His music hits. And, you know, I, I, I would be a little bit mad if I was Keith Lee and my first match got messed up by my buddy coming back. And I would also be like, dude, isn't your, 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 your brains coming out of your head? Like, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah. That was uh that was that was that. Um, what did you think about uh, this match with Keith Lee and Randy Orton? I wrote down something very similar to what you said, which is, how the hell is Keith Lee not mad? And also, can he check on Drew McIntyre to make sure he's okay? Or at least, is there is there a reason why Drew McIntyre is stumbling out to the ring to do this attack in his friend's match? Because Keith Lee was whipping the absolute dog shit out of uh, Randy. <laughs> leading up to this interference for no reason. <laughs> so it, it doesn't get any better later, which we'll get to where Keith Lee's like, Oh man, I love my friend. It's like, do you really, he just ruined probably the biggest match of your life against 13 time world champion on Monday night raw, but you're still cool with him. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'd be I mad wanna... dog. I <laughs> would be mad. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if they I, I don't want to say they should have played a concussion angle or anything. Well, you know what? Actually, he got punted in the head twice. They should have made it like Drew McIntyre was just concussed and came out there, and that's why he did what he did, or just some kind of reasoning. Because there's no reason for you to come out there if your boy's just whipping the shit out of him. You just wait till after the match. <laughs> oh man, where, where where was Keith Lee when this originally was going down? It's like, oh, no, I got to make my grand entrance, guys. I can't come on and save my buddy. Uh, And he he wasn't. He showed up late because he had to pick out his new theme music from WWE 2K. You want this generic rock one or do you want this generic rock one that sounds like ACDC? Well, I guess I'll take the ACDC one, coach. I was like, all right, now we're back to break. Here's some fucking Metallica. He's like, the fuck? Did you, you guys, guys even hear Metall- my fucking music? <laughs> you God. guys sprung for Metallica, but can't pay for the fucking licenses. You guys still have the licenses for. for <laughs> you guys still have the licenses for. Can, uh, you can hate me now. Oh, that doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't matter. Anyways, I, so, wish, Charles- I, wish Keith, I wish Keith Lee would just come out to roll in my Limp Biscuit because he would immediately be the most over fucking person on the roster. <laughs> Probably that's the WWE is the only place where Limp Biscuit is acceptable. So I agree. Uh, Charlie Caruso. Trying to track Drew McIntyre. This ends up with Orton attacking the shit out of him and giving him a third uh, punt to the head. This one probably was the the at least looked the most fierce looking. And then afterwards, Drew was selling it great. You know, just looked completely unconscious. We go to break, and then we come back, and Charlie said that you know uh, this could be career ending, and he could have uh, potentially fractured his skull and have bleeding on the brain. From this, so it's it's uh he better not be at fucking payback tomorrow night. We just say that, anyways. Um, yeah. How'd you how'd you feel about this angle? 
why didn't you just do this after the first punt? If you're going to do a fuck finish in the match anyways, why does he need to come back out later on in the show? I don't know, man. Um, but yes, if he shows back up at payback, people should definitely be pissed. <laughs> like, because that she, is stupid. She told us he fractured his skull and might die, essentially. <laughs> and is headed to the hospital. And Charlie, once again, with great emotions while delivering these lines. And then they also asked Keith, Keith Lee to do a promo in front of this fucking ambulance. And he's like, oh, you hurt my friend Drew, but I'm going to hurt you even worse. And it's like, if people want to know why Keith Lee is not NXT Keith Lee with these promos, it's because it's the fucking main roster, first and foremost. Here's because- your script. Yeah, like, Dane, if I watched you get kicked in your fucking head and I thought you were dying in an ambulance, I think I would have more to say (laughs) than Keith Lee being like, I'm going to make Randy Orton hurt later on. Uh, I think I would have more to say than that. Well, thank you. I might have to fucking drive around like Rocky and uh, Rocky 3, that great montage scene in the Corvette. Might have to do that and then come back and cut a promo. And dude, I, I, I appreciate that. That's that's exactly what I would do for you. Alright, well, anyways, since I just made it weird, uh, let's talk about the Lumberjack match for the Raw Women's title. <laughs> Sasha Banks going against Asuka. So this was, Asuka um, gave her mercy and gave her a rematch. Uh, but pretty good match. You had Bailey trying to help out in the in, uh, outside, especially when people were attacking Sasha. But, you know, it, Bailey helping tends not to really help. Anyways, towards the end of this match, Banks crawls for the bottom rope, but Asuka pulls her back. Asuka tries to kick at Bailey through the ropes after breaking the hold, but she falls out of the ring to the floor. Banks leaps out aiming for Asuka and takes out uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce instead. Asuka attacks from the apron and levels Banks on the floor. Asuka ends up taking out a few lumberjacks. Uh, at the same time, Banks capitalizes and brings Asuka back in the ring uh, for a huge frog splash. Asuka kicks out at two. Bailey grabs a steel chair from under the ring for Banks, but Baszler stops her. Asuka takes advantage of the distraction and then applies Asuka lock to Banks from behind. Banks ends up tapping out to the finisher. So good me of the match. Kind of a crap ending, but they're going with this whole entire thing. It just, if you have two women to the caliber of Asuka and Sasha wrestling or whoever, and the end of the match ends up being, oh, I am going to try to help you, but, you know, Shayna Baszler is now babyface apparently and stops me from being a bitch. And, you know, and that distracts you enough to get rolled up. You know, it's kind of anticlimactic, but I did like the match outside of that. Might have been the best match of the night. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you. I think it was probably the best match of the night. Uh, things I hated, the Lumberjacks not immediately attacking people that they have had feuds with in the past. You know, like if you go back to like the, you know, when The Rock or Austin would get thrown out in one of these motherfuckers, it's like the heels would all attack one of them and then the baby faces come over. We had a standoff. We had a Mexican standoff in this match <laughs> where Bailey's just helping... Sasha to her feet, which was kind of funny, but also super dumb in the concept of what a lumberjack match should be. At the very end, this is why I don't think Vince is fully behind Shayna. 
Bailey is forever waiting for Shayna. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, and maybe go back and watch it. But she's she she slowly gets to the chair. She puts her leg out for Shayna to grab it, and then Shayna grabs her by like her tippy toes instead of like a leg bar or some shit. And and that's the kind of shit that Vince is going to get super pissed about. Uh, he's not asking you to do as much as you were doing in NXT, but he definitely expects you to be in your fucking spot. And yep, let's let's just say that this was fucking late <laughs> as hell and looked awkward as fuck. Like Bailey, currently holding two titles, had her toes tickled and fumbled the chair, which led to Oscar retaining the title. Yeah, and afterwards, uh, you know, Banks was not happy with Bailey again. So this is this is uh, stirring the pot a bit. We would also go. We kind of talked about this. Drew McIntyre is leaving in the ambulance, and uh, Charlie's trying to get any word. She finds Keith Lee. He says that he's one of the toughest men he knows, and thinks he'll be okay. But Randy Orton, he can't. He can't say the same for him. And. Uh, we know we're getting ready basically for Dominic Mysterio and Ray going against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Back from the break, Tom announces Keith Lee, Shayna Baszler, and Dolph Ziggler for Rock Raw Talk. I really wish I didn't read that. Anyways, we go to Raw Underground as Bobby Lashley fights with Cedric Alexander. Lashley ends up applying a submission until Shane and MVP break it up. Ivar runs in, but Shelton Benjamin also hits the platform. Uh, Eric tries to make the save. But he also gets beat down. Lashley has an arm submission on Ivar until the bell rings. The Hurt Business clean house and stand tall ahead of uh, next week's um, Raw Underground segments. And we, like I said, confirmed Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Any Anything about any of this stuff before we talk about the main event? Well, I mean, outside of the Keith Lee promo, which I already talked about, uh, this sucked. Also, didn't Ivar just leave with this dude's girl earlier in the night? Now he's getting his so, ass whipped. Somehow, Ivar, if he goes down this basement, he becomes an angry badass like he used to be. But if he's upstairs, he's fucking bringing turkey legs to chicks. Yeah, but, like, it, she was so excited about that turkey leg. Why the fuck would he stay around to hang out with Shane McMahon? I don't know, man. Maybe Shane's got really good cocaine. <laughs> I guess so. He's got. That's where the turkey legs are at underground. Oh God, they're stashed there for for Ivar. So they, they, that's how they know how to get him. Uh, no, I just it was weird to me because you had this moment with Ivar that you're gonna try to pay off in a storyline where he's taking this girl and then you just see him get his ass whipped in underground. You're like, all right, well that was cool. I guess it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's like they filmed all this raw underground shit like all at one time and they're like we'll shove it into a show <laughs> or something because okay. like if the if, if the idea is that Ivar came out stole this girl from Angel Garza that would be the feud you would think right Ivar versus Angel Garza which that on paper sounds like a pretty good match because I'm sure Angel Garza Ivar is pretty good in the fucking ring and Angel Garza is incredible so Big man, let's say Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor type match. You could do that, right? Make that good. But instead, he steals a turkey leg, steals Angel Garza's girl in theory, which Angel Garza is also still hitting on Charlie. So I have no what the I have no fucking idea what that actually is about. Um, yeah. So this fucking sucks because it didn't make any sense. <laughs> 
But good for Bobby Lashley. At least they're putting him over strong. <laughs> you know what would have made him more strong? If you just gave him a rematch against Drew McIntyre. And he lost because Randy Orton showed up or some shit. That would have... Lana. <laughs> yeah. That would have been that would have been better than what they're doing. I, I don't know, Dane. How did you feel about this segment? Give me your honest opinion. Think about it in your head now that I just gave you that synopsis. <laughs> what did you think? That's all I got. Right. So you turned into a Star Wars slash Pokemon, uh, and it sucked. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Summed it up. Pikachu me. That's all I got to say. Um, Pikachu. Anyways. Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio against Seth Rollins. <laughs> wait, and wait, 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 wait. We can't skate past how good Murphy. that fucking Pikachu... That fucking Pikachu impersonation is the greatest thing I've ever Pikachu! heard. Pikachu! <laughs> All right, we can continue now. Hey, hey, you know what? Yeah, I've been hanging out with uh, Pikachu for a while now, and me and Morty really like him. Oh, Rick, I don't know if I really want to hang out with Pikachu. He's got electricity. Uh, Morty, don't, 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 don't be a bitch. Uh, <laughs> who is a who's who is the lady that's on TNA that used to be an AEW that wears the Pikachu gimmick? God, why can't I think of her name right now? Oh, Kylie Ray. Yeah, I wish that Kylie Ray's gimmick was just <laughs> doing the impersonation you just did of all of that. It's just Rick and Morty and Pikachu. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm into this. <laughs> all right, let's finish this fucking last match so we can be done with Monday Night Raw. But uh, this was actually a pretty good match um, now that I'm remembering it. Uh, but yeah, tag match, Buddy Murphy, Seth Rollins against the Mysterios. I think the coolest part, obviously, was the stereo 619s uh, towards the end of the match. But the end would have Murphy tags and stops Ray from tagging. Ray with Nunziguri and tags and Dominic. Dominic comes off the top uh, and rolls through. Dominic mounts offense on Murphy now. Dominic springboards in from the apron and hits a crossbody for a close two count on Murphy. Murphy sends him to the corner but runs into a boot. And a right hand, Dominic with the Hurricane Rada from the top uh, that sends uh, Murphy into the ring post. Uh, Dominic counters again and spikes Murphy with the big DDT. Rollins breaks the pin up just in time. Dominic brings Murphy back in, but Rollins provides a distraction and Murphy turns it around. Dominic comes back in, but avoids a buckle bomb to tag in Ray. Ray unloads on Murphy. Um, as Murphy comes back in, Ray ends up dropping Murphy into position for 619, but tags in Dominic instead. They hit a double 619 on Murphy. Dominic goes on top, but the lights are flickering. Could this be retribution? It is. Rollin shoves uh, Dominic from the top of the mat. Retribution members suddenly hit the ring and surround Dominic. Ray had chased Rollins away, and he runs back into the ring to be with his son now. Uh, Ray tries to escort his son uh, out of the ring, but Retribution attacks and beats them down. Rollins and Murphy uh, watch from the stage, smiling. The boos get louder as uh, Ray and Dominic... This person knows that the the, the boos are kind of added in, right? Uh, I don't even know. Anyways, um, Ray and Dominic... <laughs> they piped in. Anyways, Ray and Dominic are best down, and the mass members of Retribution uh, surround them. Dominic gets knocked out to the floor. Ray is launched to the floor face first. They toss Dominic into the barrier as 
you know, more piped and booing keeps on coming in. Two of Retribution's bigger members torpedo Ray into the ring post. They continue standing over Ray as his son, taunting and yelling at them. Retribution stands tall on the apron as Rollins and Murphy look smiling on from stage. Fans in the virtual crowd give thumbs down to Retribution as they pose on the apron together. Raw goes off air. So they're trying to throw another red herring, just like the Miz a week before. You know, they're trying to make it look like Seth is involved in this. I don't think he is. Uh, I'll go over the rumors of who these guys are once I find the picture that I put on our group chat. But in the meantime, how did you like the match? And then how did you like Retribution coming in at the end? All right. So let me say this about Retribution. If the entire idea is that you are against everything that is Monday Night Raw, Maybe you don't fucking help the Monday Night Messiah, <laughs> right? Um, maybe the wrong match to be used in. I don't know. This entire group to me is just kind of fucking it's shitty. You could have put this effort behind MVP's group and and built Bobby Lashley a little better. And I'm not even a huge Bobby Lashley fan, but I feel like there's more you could have done there uh, than just throwing a random fucking clusterfuck of people together. And then having them attack uh, your only baby faces on Raw, because I guess Kevin Owens is going to die to Aleister Black lately or later. So this is the best you can come up with. WWE, please hire Dane and I, and we will rewrite your fucking program for you because it sucked. All right. So, and I agree with you, by the way. Um, just to let you know, it, there's a picture taken. We've heard rumors about certain people definitely being involved, and this would make sense. But the ones that, after laying out people, uh, someone took a picture, and it could be that, you know, one of them is Caden Carter. One of them definitely, if you watch the video again and go back, sounds and looks like Mia Yim. Uh, Shane Thorne, Dominic Dijakovic, who's been rumored for a long time to be involved in this. Uh, Dio Madden, who's also been rumored to be involved in this. And then Chelsea Green. Um, those are not going to make that much of an impression at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not well, trying to had... be a dick. No, you're allowed to be a dick on this one because they, we, we've uh, as fans that watch all of the shows, they, we've perceived all of these people as fucking jobbers essentially. <laughs> so yep. a jobber group is just showing up. But, cool. uh, yeah. Aside, aside from Dominic like... Dijakovic, who still loses and Mia Yim, who still loses, all the other ones are just, like, thrown in there. Well, yeah, but we just watched Mia Yim get her ass kicked. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Still loses. It's uh, My idea for this, and you can keep them in here, or you cannot. If I were doing this, if I were to do this, you just got Wade Barrett back. Now, I don't know. I know he's, he said that he's going to be uh, here uh, next week. I don't know how if he has any type of deal with WWE. I know he was obviously announcing as Stu Bennett over at um, at, uh, at NWA not too long ago. But, God, just fucking cancel this and make it the Nexus or the next round with him leading it. And throw in some guys from NXT that are involved in a big match, but we know, I mean, they've done everything they could in NXT, and we have these new people coming in. I'm talking to Masu Ciampa. I'm talking your Johnny Garganos. I'm talking... You know, even maybe Adam Cole or some shit like that. Like, people that have, like, a bunch of presents. And take out the stupid fucking outfits and show them having Nexus. And maybe, 
You have Wade Barrett, who is the leader of it. Even if he can't wrestle, he's in charge of it again. He's taking the next step and fucking going after Raw and SmackDown again. I would rather them reproduce that than whatever the fuck they're doing right now. Uh, and do you, do, do, no, go ahead. I don't Sorry. know. I don't know. I'm just I'm completely like, what the fuck is this? So here's my take on this. Instead of bringing Sami Zayn back on SmackDown, why did you not put him as leader of this fucking group? I don't know. This would have been perfect. And then you could have thrown Cesaro in this group. You could have thrown Sheamus in this group. You could have thrown Dolph Ziggler in this group. You could have thrown, you know, former, well, with Sheamus, former champion, Dolph Ziggler, former champion. You could have thrown people that should have had better pushes than they deserved and would have a reason to burn this company to the ground. Just because you were on NXT yeah. and didn't win a title doesn't mean that you deserve anything. That's that's fucking odd to me. So it's just a bunch of NXT people with it's called retribution. Like retribution to me means like, hey, no, you fucked over like half of my career. Like if you're Sami Zayn, like you know how much time I lost? I could be in AEW right now or New Japan. Um, so like you know. I look at it more like that, and if it's just NXT people, they need a mouthpiece, and obviously it's not going to be Sammy. Um, so, fuck. I, I don't know how you can... If, if you're going to do this angle, why would you not click it with someone like Sami Zayn and, and, and uh, Dolph Ziggler and... Uh, I mean, shit, like Daniel Bryan. Uh, there's a plenty of people that make sense to be a part of this. Yeah, people that... But the idea is that their entire careers were held down by WWE, right? So why not Jim actually Kay. pick? Yeah, why not actually pick the people the fans talk about? The careers were, you know, held down by. Like I don't think Dijakovic's career was held down by WWE. I just think he's a fucking average guy that had some good matches with Keith Lee. <laughs> like the fuck. And Diamond Dallas Page can be the leader. Sure. You know what? That's was, better better than the lineup you just fucking gave. <laughs> so God damn. Um yeah, so that's that's how I feel. I Raw was alright. Um but SmackDown I actually did like a good abundance of SmackDown last night. Who knew? Having a two hour fucking show can actually be can make it just a little bit better, basically. But also some of their storylines and stuff they set up, I did like. Um Having a two-hour show with people that are actually over goes a long way as well with some of the names we're going to talk about. Yep, I agree. Well, anyway, so they opened, and they had a graphic in memory of uh, Bullet Barb Armstrong, who passed away at, at 80. We talked about that uh, on our last show. Um, and so this is this is awesome. So Adam Pierce, who apparently they're, they're giving more screen time. I have, definitely have no problem with that. Um, he's always been the guy breaking up the fights, but now he, he, uh, knocks on Vince's door. Uh, I don't know if they advertise that Vince was going to be there. They did the first time. You should always do that because it's fucking Vince. And as weird as it is because of how much older he's getting, he still has that presence and he's still a character that people remember. And, and, and he, he goes far into it basically. So Multiple generations know who Vince McMahon is. But uh, anyways, he preps um, Pierce with a task that he has to complete by the end of the night. He gives him a clipboard that is the signing for the contract between Roman Reigns, uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, and Braun Strowman for the title. 
at Payback, and he asks to go and visit all the people and talk to them. So at one point, Pierce is like, well, where the hell do I find Bray Wyatt? And he goes, oh, don't worry, you'll find it. Maybe it's outside this door. Who knows? You'll figure it out. But you have to wear this, and that would come into play later on when they did this weird fucking Mr. Rogers thing. Um, but yeah, it was good seeing Vince. He's still got it when it comes to his performance and him understanding his character. And like, you know, he's not, he's not playing someone, but his voice is hard to hear and he's just getting older and it's kind of depressing a bit, um, when it kind of smacks you in the face. But, uh, what do you think about this opening between Vince McMahon and, uh, Adam Pierce? Do you remember about a year and a half ago where Kevin Owens headbutted old ass Vince McMahon directly in the face and they did nothing? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just so we're clear on that. Uh, no, I like seeing Vince there. Uh, Adam Pierce. It's just weird because he's former Ring of Honor champion and a great professional wrestler in himself as being uh, a lackey to Vince. But you know what? Vince needs lackeys, right? Some of his best shit is his lackeys. Um. It was fine. I thought it was a decent opener. The the, the I'm just fucking done with Bray Wyatt. So I. Anything positive to have to say about him, I don't have anything, I guess. <laughs> There's nothing left in the tank at this point. Um, but out, outside of that, I mean, Vince's performance was Vince's performance. I would say fucking promote this on your show. If you're going to have Vince on your show, fucking say like he's going to be on your show. Like on Raw, say, hey, Vince McMahon's going to be on SmackDown. And he has some shit he has to say. Uh, it it he's he's still a draw dude Vince is a heel we either love him or hate him but you definitely want to see him on TV yep I uh, I agree with you so next we have the new WWE Intercontinental Champion Jeff Hardy coming out um, they show a flashback of him winning the AJ or the match with AJ Styles last Friday uh, and he's cutting a promo pretty much immediately AJ Styles music hits he comes out, and he's stating his case, man. A- AJ thinks that Jeff Hardy always trying to claim that he's such a great babyface that, that he cheated, and he he's lying right now because he used uh, a metal, you know, leg brace uh, to win the match <laughs> and take my damn title. And Jeff Hardy's like, the reason why I was wearing a leg brace in the first place was because you attacked me from fucking behind, you douchebag. And, you know, you exposed it, and then I, it, it was there, you know? Do you not know who Tegan Knox is? And he definitely said that. He definitely said that, I remember. Uh, but this would lead... <laughs> <laughs> this would Jeff lead... Hardy has been listening to the podcast, apparently. <laughs> uh, basically. And so this would lead to them going back and forth and uh, concluding and Jeff Hardy punching uh, AJ. And we started the open challenge match that now Jeff Hardy is going to be doing... Now we have another open challenge guy. It's always these baby face, man. They're dumb. Just take a fucking break. Take a knee. Chill. You know, tell people to fuck off. But I guess I'm a heel in real life. But anyways, so AJ joins commentary. And uh, and, and Jeff goes against Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a pretty good match. But once again, this is a situation. I've seen them have a couple of good matches. They usually always work well together. I think that Shinsuke and Jeff bounce pretty well off each other. But... It really wasn't about the match itself. It was about AJ bitching and Michael Cole berating him with the same stuff that uh, uh, you know Jeff was inevitably saying. And I liked how they kind of 
they did this part where they're talking to Cesaro, and Cesaro's like, yeah, all of a sudden Shinsuke ran off. So I guess they, they noted Shinsuke about the uh, open challenge, or he heard it. I have no clue, but apparently he ran off from Cesaro, and Cesaro's like, yeah, that's good, my tag team partner. Didn't say a damn word to me, but, I mean, dude, first come, first serve. You know, what the hell are you going to do? Uh, but anyways, Hardy was selling the knee perfectly throughout the whole entire time, which is awesome. You know, just is great, man. He's on that, I'm not going to say Morton level, but he's pretty damn close to someone that's fucking amazing at selling. Uh, but Nakamura charges but runs into boots blocking it. Nakamura slides under the bottom ropes and hits uh, that sliding German suplex. Jeff sold that really well. It looked like he fell on his neck, uh, but I really like that move. Um, and then he got a flying knee, got a two count. Nakamura waits in the corner and goes for the Kinshasa, but Hardy uh, sidesteps. Nakamura blocks Twist of Faith. Hardy blocks the sleeper. They tangle uh, some more, and Hardy hits the Twist of Faith. Graves and AJ accuse Hardy of using the knee brace once again. Um Hardy goes uh, back to the top and hits Swanton Bomb for the win. And your champion still, Jeff Hardy, after the match. AJ's pissed about, you know, what happened. And he's he's saying that you cheated again. He's claiming that, and they're going back and forth. We'll get to the next part of this. Uh, but before, you know, does 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 AJ Styles have 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 a have a case? You know what I'm saying? Like, like did he get screwed over? And what did you think about this match with uh, with uh, Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura? Well, I mean, AJ, it was clearly AJ's fall, but AJ is a character, right? He definitely does have a, a case to make as the villain. We're all the heroes of our own story. <laughs> um, I will say this about the promos. It definitely reminded me of Georgia Championship Wrestling <laughs> because they're both so fucking Southern. Oh, my <laughs> God. Was- it was great. It's like if Tommy Rich was out there cutting a promo. Um, it was great, man. I loved it. Whatever. Cameron do, you think Vince, do you think that uh, Vince was like, what the hell are they saying? I can't understand that. Probably. He probably hated this. But uh, AJ's, AJ's just good at whatever you ask him to do. And this match with Nakamura and Jeff Hardy, the only sad part about it is that it ended. I wanted more. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I want, like, the 25-minute Nakamura-Jeff Hardy match that we deserve, maybe in, like, a New Japan arena. But, you know, it's cool. It built the feud uh, going forward. I like that they kind of set up a tease with Sheamus versus Nakamura, I'm guessing. He's not happy. He's not happy, and we just talked about this. like, well, it's, like, one of the best tag teams they have. So as soon as I said that, of course, they're going to fuck it up. But... <laughs> At least we get to see Sheamus versus Nakamura. Not Sheamus, but Cesaro versus Nakamura. That'll be... I mean, that should be a fucking really good match if they both show up. Yeah. Um, And all they have to do is just have them defend the titles, lose them, it's it's, uh, Shinsuke's fault, and then, you know, we can have Cesaro beat the crap out of him. And then we can finally have babyface Shinsuke Nakamura with his old fucking music. Uh, come out of this and then have some good matches with Cesaro. That would be pretty awesome. Or he could get drafted to NXT, which is a teaser from the last oh. episode that you gave. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Well, anyways, I mean, I think th- it, seem, it seems like Shinsuke doesn't give a fuck, honestly. So <laughs> sending him back to NXT is less work for him. Might not be the worst idea of all time. <laughs> Surf all the time throughout the coast of Florida. Just do his thing. Um, 
I believe he, he lives in Florida too. But the big thing about okay. this, uh, I was gonna say, are are you excited for when like Okada hits forty five and he's like, fuck it, I just want to work one day a week, and he shows up in the United States. <laughs> it would be awesome, man. It would be awesome. Um, so yeah, the big thing was while Jeff and, and AJ are going back and forth, Jeff gets to the top of the ramp and Sammy Zayn's music hits. Sammy with the the most dirtbag, fucking homeless man beard, uh, even worse than mine situation going on. Long ass, goofy hair, coming around saying I'm the real champion, pointing, going ha ha ha, you know I'm the real Intercontinental champion, you know getting in uh, Jeff's face. And then while Jeff is not paying attention, he gives him like kind of like a halluva kick right in the face. He goes down, and uh, AJ comes walking up the ramp. So you know. There's a, a little bit of a stare down between AJ and Hardy, and AJ tells Hardy that he will own him soon. Hardy taunts AJ by raising the title and his music hits. So afterwards, you know, we have we we uh, would have uh, maybe this happened later on, but I'll just throw it in right here because it just you know ties up the story. So she, Sammy is trying to just walk off and get the hell away from it, acting like he's all like da 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 da. da. But in reality, he's probably kind of running from Jeff. And Kayla is trying to have a conversation with her, and he's just not having it. And so basically just a bit, but bunch of dickbag comments. But Sammy is back. He is the he is claiming the IC championship. I'm guessing we're going to get sometime soon AJ uh, for some type of rematch purposes that he fucking works out or some shit against Jeff Hardy, against Sammy Zayn. Which should be an awesome match. Has no reason not to be an awesome match for the Intercontinental title. So that's pretty cool. I'm glad to see Sammy back. Uh, he's always just a good prick. He was saying something in French about how he is Montreal or something like that. You know, I didn't really, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I just knew that he was a swarmy jerk. But I miss that swarmy jerk. Are you happy to have him back? Yes, but I wish it was used in a different application, even though I definitely look forward to him versus AJ Styles, because I don't know that I've ever seen that match. I don't know that we got a good El Generico AJ Styles match. So AJ Styles versus uh, Sami Zayn, given time, that should be a fucking five-star match. Uh, And Jeff Hardy being thrown in the mix, too. Give them time. I swear to God, if they do a three-way match and they give them, like, fucking seven minutes, though, Dane, I'm going to be so pissed. Yep. (laughs) Because it's like three Hall of Famers give them more than fucking seven minutes. You gave Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman 22 minutes on the last fucking (laughs) pay-per-view. Please find a way. (laughs) AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn can have more than seven minutes. Uh, but no, I'm excited for him to be back. I, I like the swarmy dirtbag Sami Zayn. It, if I was bringing him back, I would have probably brought him back as a baby face on Raw with the mask on. Or I would have brought him back as leaders Antifa, like we were talking about, whatever retribution or whatever the <laughs> fuck that group's called. Um, but, you know, this isn't bad. You're putting him in a very good situation against very good wrestlers. And he's great at being a swarmy ass fucking Montreal heel. Like you said, so it, either way, I mean, Sami Zayn's just fucking good. So any anytime Sami Zayn's on TV, I'm excited. I'm happy to have him back for sure, man. Uh, so we do a Firefly Funhouse. 
yada yada, same type of shit. Him talking shit about Roman Reigns and Braun. He's the new champion, or the, he or him is the new champion. Not so much Bray. You know what I'm talking about. The Fiend! And he gets a knock at the door, and Adam Pierce is dressed as a postman. And he has to get Bray to sign it. And Bray is kind of like, I don't, I, I shouldn't sign it. And he's like, no, 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 we can get it from you after they flash the fiend a little bit on the screen. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, so, so this, this might be a British joke, but was he dressed as Postman Pat? Because I think that's what they were doing. Do you know the British show Postman Pat, the kids show? No, I thought he was just the postman from um, from uh, what you call it, uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, uh, they're kind of the same. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was just he definitely like postman Pat, and uh, my wife was like postman Pat, postman Pat, postman Pat with his black and white cat. <laughs> uh, which it's a British kids show. You guys don't know. I'm out of here. I'm just going to leave the podcast now. <laughs> I'm not trying to no-sell this, but I'm trying to no-sell this at the same time. Um, I'm just kidding. I'll have to look that up. I'll watch a couple episodes. Um, yeah. What else did we have happen? So Matt Riddle came out. He had some, some stuff to say about King Corbin and this whole Corbin ransom or King's ransom, if you will, and how he's afraid of him and he just doesn't want to fight him. And then we have Corbin come out, and he's all like, oh, I don't know what the fuck he said, but uh, Shorty G took advantage of that, hit Matt Riddle from behind, and we got a pretty good but very short match with Shorty G and Matt Riddle. God damn it, dude. I thought they were finally getting him away from this when he apologized to Riddle. Nope, still Shorty G. Uh, but God damn it is Chad Gable such a talented wrestler, but the bell rings and Shory G unloads on Matt, beating him down and mounting him from behind with more strikes. Riddle comes back with a big suplex from the mat. Uh, Gable blocks another suplex attempt and hits a tiger suplex of his own for a two count. King Corbin yells from the ringside as Riddle fights uh, back more back and forth between the two. Riddle ends up getting uh, the easy pin with the bro Derek in the middle of the ring. And after the match, Riddle stands tall as his music hits. Corbin hits the ring, and they tangle for a minute, but Corbin retreats after ducking a kick. Riddle's music starts uh, back up, and he, he taunts Corbin from the ring. Uh, Corbin and Riddle continue to trash talk. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was it. Here's a question for you. Are you more upset with the way they're booking... Uh, Shorty G or Matt Riddle, knowing that they've already buried Shorty G. Let's just talk about from the time that Matt Riddle showed up. Well, if I look at it in the perspective that even though he lost one, and I don't know if they ever had a third match, you know, he he beat AJ. Um, they're putting him in a match against Bar- or in a program with Baron Corbin where I think he'll go over inevitably, but you know they consider. Baron Corbin higher on the food chain than we do and fans do, so I don't think I don't think he's too bad right now. Um, I'm not really worried about Matt Riddle. I think, uh, from what I hear, Vince really likes Matt Riddle, so I think it's just a slow burn. He's got to beat Corbin, get a win over him, one of their top heels, and then he'll move on to something else. And I wish that was uh, Chad Gable that was built right, honestly. Yeah, that that was more of the question: is what do, what do you do even if 
Matt Riddle comes out of this feud unscathed, how do you get him to the main event picture? Is he one of these draft prospects? And is it, Matt, off. is it Matt versus like Lesnar at some point? I mean, that's what I want. Fuck yeah. I mean, good, Le- good ass chance. Looks like Lester without a mouthpiece now. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes. Um, but no, no. All jokes aside, I, I thought this uh, the match itself was was good. Which it's fucking Matt Riddle and Chad Gable, of course, it's going to be fucking good. Um, yeah, I just that was my only comment was uh, who do you think has been booked? I feel like they're trying to give Chad Gable a push, but they're still calling him Shorty G. It's just fucking put this guy back on the NXT and just have him be the best catch wrestler of all time. And put him against Timothy Thatcher. Give us those fucking matches, for the love of God. No um, shit. And then, you know, make him the NXT... Uh, I, was, I don't know what the fuck the title is, but the middleweight champion. Put him there. You can fucking Kyle O'Reilly. And, yeah, North American. You can put him against Kyle O'Reilly. You can have him against Roderick Strong. You can have him against Gargano. Like, yeah, why Gable's are you another one, man. Dude. I'm sorry, I will continue to say this, and he is an Olympian, and Kurt Angle has said this himself. Chad Gable is kind of the heir apparent to Kurt Angle, and they're fucking treating him like he's a goddamn jobber. Yeah, he's just an in-between for the story for Matt Riddle, and it sucks for both him and Matt Riddle, which is more of what I was getting at. It's like, if you're going to bring Matt Riddle up, because they just brought him up out of nowhere anyways, and they had nothing to do with him, so now he's in a fucking feud with fucking you know how to get a guy over put him in a fucking feud with baron corbin that always goes well uh but shit dude you could have just if you wanted to do this you could have saved baron corbin or not baron corbin you could have definitely just saved matt riddle and you know had him show up at SummerSlam or something and then move fucking chad gable back down it's not a demotion for him because, like, fuck. In the eyes of the fans, it'd be a promotion. He'd probably sell more merch and make more money. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> no just, kidding. If he went down and just started suplexing motherfuckers, <laughs> like, well, I, it's just, uh, it's every time I think about, every time they say Shorty G, it hurts me. It hurts me as a person, Day, and I'm like, it hurts your soul. Fuck. It's like if this guy gets out of his contract, you're gonna regret the fuck out of this. Especially if he goes to, like, New Japan and just has amazing G1 matches against, like, Kenta and fucking Okada and Tanahata. They're going to regret this shit years from now. This guy is going to be out as soon as that contract's done. Guaranteed. Yeah, man. I agree. All right, so the next thing we get, we get a, basically, um, on Top of Smack, so they got to be edgy on Top of Smack. Remember that. That was their thing beforehand. But they showed a replay of an argument between Miz and uh, Biggie that got put all over Twitter, um, even with Mark Henry talking about both gentlemen of, you know, how, how they're both great competitors and blah, 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 because it sounded like a full-out argument. And Biggie was or kept composed. And who knows? This, this could have all been scripted. And if that's the case, then, you know, kudos to Miz for being the person in this as a heel, if you will. But... And Biggie's just talking about, like, you know, how basically Miz is berating him on the fact that if he started taking himself seriously and stopped acting like that, maybe he would be taken seriously in the singles division. And he go, and basically Biggie kind of, like, threw that right out. He goes, it has nothing to do with that. He goes, he goes, I think it's amazing how ridiculous you used to dress and stuff. And, you know, you came right in here and you were pretty much offered 
uh, title shots and stuff like that. And I've been here for as long. And then you bring up Bob Kofi, Kofi being there for 10 years. So you know what the underlying tone toe was. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of went back and forth. And and I think I think uh, Biggie kept good composure, but Miz was trying to say, and and truth be told, you know, and Miz was saying, like, I worked my ass off and fucking people hated me when I first came here. They just right off the bat didn't want anything to do with me. And, you know, I've worked my ass off. And Biggie was like, I'm not taking that away from you, but did you have to wait 10 years for a title shot? You know, and it kind of went back and forth. But this set up a match tonight. So I think there is some scripted nature within Talking Smack. Um, even though I'm pretty sure that one that happened with Daniel Bryan and Miz was a lot of uh, reality thrown into that. But, uh, yeah, so Miz, John Morrison, and Sheamus, uh, they squared off against Big E and Heavy Machinery, and that was going to be later on tonight. But uh, I don't know if you got a chance to at least see the segment, uh, but what would you think about it? I did. I will say if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down, you'll realize that Miz is a constant character on that show uh, with Big E and Kofi and uh, Xavier Woods or Austin Creed, whatever you want to call him. I thought this was worked very well and they definitely were going for, we need the Miz promo to set this thing back off because it's kind of what put talking smack on the map was his promo against Daniel Bryan. And it was very good. Like I think Miz delivered. Um, and I think big E, like you said, I was very well composed and he should be in this situation. He's the baby face, right? Going into it. Um, I liked all of this. I thought it was very, very good. I think it's really shitty. The wait until, <laughs> God damn it. Renee Young leaves to do talking smack again when you have the bone on your network and like fucking, what is it? Back, back, background or fucking, what's that show that was on fucking uh, Fox that got canceled? <laughs> like backstage. Had, yeah, it had like 63,000 <laughs> viewers or something each week unless CM Punk showed up. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, but as far as the promos go, yeah, I mean, Miz is just playing a character. He's just being a swarmy-ass heel. He's friends with these guys. Like I said, if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down, you realize that that's just kind of his character. And even on the show, him and Austin Creed have very joking shit like this. I know it's played off as, like, Miz is now racist, I guess. That's what they were going for. But that's Or he is privileged. Um, but if you've seen Miz's career, he's... <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call him fucking privileged. <laughs> well, either way, I think that if they actually went ahead and put that dialogue out there, even if it was a work, that's pretty big of all those guys to take something that, you know, that that type of uh, level of um, more adult style shit and fucking bring it up and put it right there. Um Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I mean, Miz is going to catch the loss in this feud for sure. He's just going to take the loss. But the problem is Miz is like one of the faces of this company and he's on so many fucking shows. It's like, how far do you really want to push this with Miz? Um, so maybe he wasn't the best choice, but I get they did this for talking smack. I, I feel like maybe you could have picked someone a little different. Besides Miz, who's got a show that comes on right after fucking Raw or SmackDown, what is it called? Like Watch Out, or and then he's got the uh, the fucking Miz and 
Reese show, and then he's also on. Total this could have been Baron Corbin, basically. It could, yeah, it could have been someone else versus the Miz, but maybe, maybe you know, that could have been a request from Big E, like someone that he likes as a person. He's like, if I'm going to have someone do this kind of storyline with me, I at least it'd be someone that's my friend and someone I respect. So, at the same point in time, like, I, I think it's brilliant, but. It's also such a 1970s storyline, and I don't know how you're going to get this shit over. Uh, Big E just has to whip the absolute dog shit out of him, right? Pretty much. All right, so back from break, and Adam Pierce is knocking on Roman Reigns' door, but no one is answering. We see Caleb Braxton stopping uh, King Corbin and asking him if he will accept Matt Riddle's challenge. Corbin rants on about how he's going to destroy Riddle at payback on Sunday and prove that he doesn't belong in his kingdom, and he then walks off. Um, so yeah, we're about to talk about. What did you think about that with Corbin before we, we talk about Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey? Corbin's promos have actively gotten better since he was the king, because it at least gives him something to talk about. <laughs> Beforehand, he was just a dude. Uh, it sucked. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I tend to agree with you, but, um, we have Sasha Banks and Bailey coming out. Uh, Bailey takes the mic, uh, and talks about how this has been a hard week for them. They both had to defend their singles title at mania or at mania at SummerSlam last Sunday. And now have to defend their tag titles against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jackson payback this Sunday. She gets, Hyped up and says, but lucky for them, they are the best tag team. She goes on bragging as they pose with their titles. Bailey knows Banks is devastated about her loss with the Raw Women's title. She tries to talk her up and then takes blame for the loss, saying it was her fault. Bailey says she should have never let Asuka challenge Banks, but she saw Banks watching her with both her titles and knew she wanted the same. Banks isn't impressed. Uh, Bailey says, but all that is in the past, and they shall move forward with a win on Sunday. She goes on about how they're stronger together. The titles represent more than the friendship. Bailey says on Sunday they cannot lose, and then Banks agrees. Uh, Banks doesn't want Bailey to worry about uh, anything and says as long as Bailey has her back, they can get through anything together. Banks may not be two belts Banks anymore but she knows who she is and what she stands for. And they are still friends. Baszler and Jackson are up on the big screen. They go on about how they both dislike each other, but they hate Banks and Bailey more and will team with uh, one another to take those titles away from them. The two sides continue talking trash and Banks cuts a defiant promo about how she will leave payback with her title, and there's not a damn thing Baszler or Jax can do about it. Banks and Bailey stand tall as their music hits. Uh, pretty good promo. Uh, Bailey, I wish they would have listed them all. She had a couple shots at Sasha. That oops, I didn't mean to say that <laughs> sort of shit. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I guess it makes sense for them to lose the titles, but also makes sense for them not to lose the titles tomorrow. But, um... Yeah, Banks looks like she might just uh, say fuck it and uh, let Bailey take the pin, you know, and fuck her over. I don't, I don't know. He, 
I, I don't think so because putting those titles on Sheena and Nia's is terrible, but they're definitely building towards it, right? I just assume that Shayna is going to end up killing Nia in 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 the build up for this match. That um, could happen too. That that's going to be more of I, I they're they're throwing us a, a, a like a curveball because they're like, well, they all hate each other, so what's going to happen? And I'm just like, well, you're going to put the titles on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax as a tag team, and I just don't see that being a thing. Um. Bailey was really good here. And Dane, I have a, a fantasy booking thing for you, and you tell me if this sucks or not. But we we continue to build. They win this tag match. They eventually drop the titles or whatever. You remember Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy from a couple of weeks ago, where Sammy just immediately destroyed Matt Hardy? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make Becky a heel... And I know they don't like doing like chair shots or head shots. So instead of doing that, what if what if Bailey put the boss brass knuckles on her head and punched her directly in the face, Sasha? And you get like she she does like you know a fake blood job or I would say just do a blade job, but they're not gonna fucking do that. So they do fake blood and stuff. And then the next week you have this half imprint of like bo on Sasha's head and you just have Tom Savini do the fucking makeup since you're just hanging out with this guy anyways. Um, and it looks great. And now you have a fucking feud. It's not I'm goddamn down. hard. I'm completely <laughs> down for that. I like that. Uh, but they're probably not going to do that. Well, no, I mean, because like any wrestling from the 1980s sucks, Dave. <laughs> All of it. Uh Anyways, it's it's not like AEW are not getting influences by a bunch of different 80s and 90s, uh, you know, things. And it's literally, 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 most of their managers are from the late 70s and 80s. Yep. All right, so Adam Pierce is backstage looking for Braun Strowman, but so is Drew Gulak because he wants payback. Gulak walks over to a table and smacks Strowman in the back with a chair, and Braun just no sells the fuck out of it. And as he's slowly turning around, Gulak throws a chair to Adam Pierce, and he's like, no, 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 I didn't do this. I just need you to sign this contract. Um, they have words, and Strowman says the only way he's signing the contract is if Pierce gets Gulak in the ring for him right now. And, uh, yeah, then after that, we have a part with Cesaro kind of giving Shinsuke a little bit of shit, like I said, uh, for, you know, what happened earlier. Like, hey, where were you, man? Sort of thing. And then returning Sami Zayn. Yo, we're all champions. We're the best. And they're like, dude, you haven't fucking been here in five months. You kind of like abandon our asses. And, uh, you know, they're about to go uh, in a match. And Sammy asks if he wants uh, to him to go. And Cesaro uh, says no. Sammy says that's okay because he's actually has to leave anyways. Uh, he's got uh, much to do is what he said, is what he told them. So it looks like Cesaro and uh, Sheamus don't want anything to do with Sammy. So sad. <laughs> uh, Sammy was great here. I, I liked. I liked some of this. Um, I I don't know where they go with this because the idea is they're like Nakamura and Cesaro drop the titles, right? Yeah, I mean they have the titles. I don't know who they're going to drop it to, but yeah, seems like that. 
So they have to do that before they can even get to a feud with Sammy. So I don't know why they're, I don't know. It seems like they're maybe throwing Sammy into a bunch of stuff because he's back when he's already going to be well, part of the IC title picture. I think what they were doing is, you know, he, he was like, hey, guys, we're still a team, right? And they were like, dude, you abandoned us for five months. Now we're not a team anymore. Fuck off. <laughs> he's like, I can't help that I live in Montreal. It's French Canada. Blame that pumpkin motherfucker. <laughs> Never mind. That's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, oh, you call it a pumpkin motherfucker. <laughs> That'd be great promo if he cut that one, and then John Morrison comes out as like "Make American Great Again," John Morrison. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's just too good for WWE. Um, man, I, I like this. I mean, I thought it was fine. I they put this group in a lot of uh, stuff, so they must have plans for all of them on this show. In comparison to normal two-hour SmackDown, we saw these guys multiple times, which they normally do not do unless they have a plan. So I'm assuming they have definitely something they want to do with, I mean, like I said, Nakamura and Cesaro have to lose the tag titles. Uh, But it seems like there's going to be some single feuds coming out of this. And, and, you know, there's some great fucking matches. Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, Sami Zayn versus Nakamura, Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. Any of those guys mixed together should be good ass wrestling. So it's not the worst idea of all time. No, it's not. <clears throat> and uh, from there, we have a match with Drew Gulak and Braun Strowman. Hey, I'm just gonna say this. Like I like Drew Gulak a lot, but hey, Chris, who do you think won between Drew Gulak and, and Braun Strowman? <laughs> Do you remember when Drew Gulak had the opportunity to not re-sign his contract? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he's regretting it this week after he just got fucking demolished and made look like a geek in that earlier segment you were talking about? Yeah, totally. Oh, Lord. But yeah, anyways, Braun wins, and then Adam Pearce gets a signature from him. So he's only got one more to go, Mr. Roman Reigns, who's not answering his fucking door. Why is he even there if he's not going to be doing anything? He's just going to chill in a fucking room the whole entire time? Like, I'm the big dog. I'm hanging out right here with my friend, Polly. Because Roman Reigns don't give a fuck anymore. That's why. He's like, you guys tried to kill me. <laughs> Yelled about me. I Hopefully they're turning him heel because there's a lot of things that he could say. He's like, y'all are mad because I didn't show up during COVID. I just got over fucking cancer, you assholes. You said twins and got over cancer. You guys suck. Yeah, like if anyone could attack the fans, Roman is the person it makes the most sense with. So if they're going that route, then it's going to be fucking good. So if he's not answering his door because fuck him, I liked it. Yep. All right, so, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to last week when Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto kind of went at it after Lindsay lost the match for him. And uh, Kalisto said he's going to show how to do it by going against Cesaro. And he gets basically his ass kick, and Cesaro wins. And after the match, uh, Cesaro hits the ramp with Nakamura. Lucha House Party starts arguing all over again. So there's, there's trouble in paradise with Lucha House Party, Chris. Are you worried about it? 
Where the they fuck just are got they? back Who's together. Sales? They're like they're like the shield of this generation, damn it. Where are the Usos? <laughs> Please. I know Jay's injured, but how how long is this injury that Jay's on? Because we need another tag team. Also, get well soon, uh, Usos. I hope you guys heal up. Because we definitely fucking miss you watching SmackDown. <laughs> also, you too, Xavier Woods. Get that Achilles done right. Everyone who's hurt, get back together. Uh, anyways, so we have the match, like I said, Cesaro won. I don't know why I was about the... Vince McMahon is backstage in his office when Adam Pearce walks in, sweating. Uh, he's got, you know, the contract for the payback main event. He said that he could only get two signatures. He got, uh, you know, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, but he keeps knocking on Roman Reigns' door and has had no luck. And Vince, uh... Goes on and uh, says, you know, so you're, so you're saying two out of three ain't bad. Well, in this company, you're supposed to get all three. So Pierce has to go back and try to get Roman to sign this damn contract. Poor Adam Pierce. Um, back from the break, Big E, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn are announced for Talking Smack. Uh, I don't know why I said that anyways. Uh, what would you think about this little segment with Vince McMahon? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, they're obviously going to do something with Vince and Roman. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it seems like it's going towards, with Roman being the holdout and just ignoring this shit and Paul oh, being Oh, dude, there. is Vince going to take a 75-year-old spear? Probably, because he's Vince fucking McMahon. <laughs> Roman's going to have to pick him up and lay him down so softly, though. <laughs> Gronk, Gronk you're, you're, you're a pussy. I'm going to show you how to jump off this platform. I mean, as Vin- Vince has always said, I don't ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself, and he's proven that as a wrestler. I mean, he did let Kevin Owens shoot headbutt at him, so <laughs> Spears not as aggressive as Kevin Owens headbutting you. No, it is not. So this was a very interesting concept. We have one quality that I will say is good about The Fiend is that and sometimes it doesn't work like with Seth. He tends to change characters a bit. Uh, Braun's probably also not a good example. But like Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, them kind of taking their edge back a bit. Um, and it looks like it might have worked with Alexa because she's with her pigtails. She comes and she finds Nikki Cross talking to Tamina, um, saying she's worried about Alexa. And Alexa's all happy until Nikki kind of makes her, you know, she, she notices that she's got like a little bit of a dreadlock. And it's like, what the hell's that? And Alexa's like, oh, you know, I thought I'd just do that. You know, so there is still some obsession, I guess, with the Fiend, uh, with Alexa. And as soon as the Fiend is brought up, Alexa changes her tune, yells at Nikki, and says that they're not friends anymore. So regardless, if, if this is a fucking long way to get us back to heal Alexa good that's all i have to say about it i agree with you about alexa as far as her being a heel but this fucking storyline sucks donkey cock big old donkey cock all right john morrison is backstage uh, bragging to the miz about (laughs) how hard he can kick sheamus walks up and they talk strategy over tonight's six-man match their plan is not to let the uh, others in the ring that was so funny because sheamus like all right so what's your plan and John Morrison's like, all right, so Biggie, really big. We keep him outside of the ring. Also, you know, uh, whoever, really tall, we've got to keep him outside of the ring. 
you know, Tucker. Uh, and then he's like, and then obviously Otis, really big. We got to keep him outside of the ring. And Sheamus like, so you're saying in a three-on-three tag match, we got to keep all three individuals from getting inside the ring. John Morrison's like, yeah. And like Sheamus shakes his head, walks off. And Miz is like, come on, John, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, so I guess John's not the brightest guy anymore. I guess that's the thing. Is, is, is that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah, we're supposed to believe that Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Gimmick name, is a fucking geek, I guess. Yep. Well, we had the match, and towards the end of it, uh, Morrison uh, comes back in as Sheamus yells at Cole. Uh, Morrison gets whipped into the ropes, which knocks Sheamus to the floor. Tucker with a hip toss to Morrison. Sheamus throws a bit of a fit at ringside, having words with Miz after uh, talking or taking the top of the announce table. Miz uh, asks Sheamus what's wrong with him. Sheamus storms off up the ramp and to the back. Angry over not getting uh, tagged in, Big E and Miz finally tag in at the same time. Big E with two belly-to-belly suplexes in the middle of the ring. Big E runs the ropes and hits a splash in the middle of the ring. Big E rallies the crowd now as we see the virtual fans clapping along at home. Miz, e, Miz counters uh, Big E and hangs him up over the top rope. Miz comes back in and uh, charges for the corner clothesline, but Big E turns it into a urinagi. Morrison uh, with a double stomp to the back to make the save. Uh, Otis comes in and slams Morrison. Otis takes his shirt off and hits the caterpillar, dropping it on both Miz and Morrison. Miz gets uh, right up and drops Otis with a skull-crushing finale. Oh, that's right. He missed him. He missed uh, Miz and got Morrison, so then he gets up and gets a uh, skull-crushing finale. Big E comes back and immediately hits the big ending on Miz for the pin. Winner, Big E and Heavy Machinery. After the match, Big E and Heavy Machinery celebrate as the New Day music plays. Uh, there's one part where Otis was holding onto the ropes and kind of shaking his ass. It was very scary. Uh, and the celebration continues. And uh, we'll talk about the last part. But before that, it's a pretty good match. Uh, fun. I mean, this is all just building Big E. Is that, that's what I'm getting out of this. Which is awesome. They should have been building Big E for a long time. So I was totally down with this. I thought it was a fun ending. Seeing Otis shake his ass, that's always good. It's always a good time. <laughs> but uh, I, I do have to remind people, he is your current money in the bank holder. <laughs> what? <laughs> so if the idea is Roman's about to fuck someone up and get this title, uh, I'm just going to go on a limb and say Otis is not getting the title anytime soon. <laughs> he should hold on to that for another year. Just, that was, just wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be a funny gimmick if he just like never cashed it in? <laughs> And they get to the next Money in the Bank, and on the next, like, SmackDown, they're like, Otis, you realize that yours is now not in existence. It's okay, it's where I keep my burgers. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a very R-Truth thing to do, where R-Truth would win it, and then, like, never cash it in and think it was a title or some shit. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go defend my Money in the Bank briefcase. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's actually funnier than some of the shit they write for this show, so... <laughs> All right, so the big part of the show, I think, or my favorite part, uh, Adam Pierce backstage, and uh, he 
knocks again on Roman Reigns' door. Uh, Roman doesn't answer, but he goes in. Roman's right the fuck there, so that's kind of a douchey thing to do. Um, anyways, he says, hey, I need you to sign this. Um, Reigns says he's not signing as he wants some uh, changes in the contract. He guarantees to be in the match on Sunday and break everyone and then leave. He also guarantees to win back the Universal title, which he says he never lost in the first place. Reigns says that it is not a prediction, that it is a spoiler. And the camera pans and shows Paul Heyman, lip-puckered, smiled, looking over Roman Reigns. Uh, and Heyman leans to Reigns and says, believe that. It looks like Reigns has hired Heyman for his services. Reigns looks down at the payback contract as the uh, music, the go-home music uh, goes and SmackDown goes off the air. Fuck yes! All I have to say... Holy shit! <laughs> all I have to say is that if Roman, whether he's heel or tweener or whatever, if he's got now this aggressive side to him and fucking Paul Heyman's going to help him out and be his manager, this is awesome. What I want from SmackDown, and I'm, I'm assuming Big E... And this is this is long-term booking, but assuming Biggie's staying where he is, I'm assuming Roman's staying where he is. I want them to build Biggie to to the be the biggest babyface, and I want at WrestleMania Biggie versus the champion Roman Reigns in the main event. I think that if you do that, that would be fucking awesome. And this is a Roman I want, and now Roman, I don't give a fuck. You can you can at me at Danehouse forty two is my favorite thing on the main roster between Raw and SmackDown. Just there's by doing no, that, there's no debate. Him showing up with Paul Heyman next week, I guarantee you, SmackDown does five hundred thousand more viewers. That's just a fucking weird, cool ass thing. That's not uh, a that's 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 a uh, what is it, not a fact, or that's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a what what does he say? What's what's Paul's gimmick? I deleted it's, the it, damn page already. It's it's a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. Um this is fucking great. They couldn't have did this any if you're gonna turn him heel, which I'm assuming is what they're doing, or they're at least gonna put him in the Brock Lesnar. Cheer for him if you want, hate him if you want. This is the guy we're gonna put over. It sucks. It worked for Brock Lesnar. They give him Paul Heyman. One of the big things people bitch about with Roman Reigns is his promos, mostly because they don't let him be himself. You don't have to worry about that with fucking Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's always going to be Paul Heyman. Um, And now Paul Heyman can just cut a promo and all Roman has to say is bleed that. Uh, this, This is fucking great. And also, we get AJ Styles away from this IC title picture. And you know who he recently cut a fuck ton of promos on? Paul Heyman. So we get Roman Reigns versus a pissed oh. off AJ Styles, <laughs> which will be fucking great. Um, everything believe about that. believe that everything about SmackDown now that Roman's back is wonderful. <laughs> Roman, Roman is going to keep my interest in Raw like Randy does, or Roman's going to keep my interest in SmackDown like Randy does on Raw, basically. I mean, Roman's going to keep my interest in WWE in general. It's been way too long. I I miss the big dog a lot. Me too. <laughs> because people that were like, I don't know. I mean, like he doesn't like. 
fucking watched the last six months without Roman. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how good it fucking was, because I can tell you, as someone that reviews these fucking shows every week, it's and sucked. There's, dude, there's not many people that have that level of star power that they're using right now. It's just, it's the truth. Becky's gone. Brock's gone. You know, Seth has been completely just. You got AJ, but there's just not to the level of uh, Charlotte's gone. You don't have Roman Reigns, and now he's back. And I think that's going to help out a lot, and I can't wait to see him dominate. And I hope he does cut a heel promo on the fucking audience. Let him do it if they want to go that direction. But yeah, my plan would be build build Big E and get it babyface Big E against heel or whatever version of Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in his corner at WrestleMania. That's what I'd be building to. On SmackDown. I, I swear to God, if he cuts a heel promo on the audience and all you motherfuckers start talking about how good Roman Reigns is, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> years of defending this guy, and he cuts one heel promo, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I like Roman Reigns now. I'm going to be pissed, Dane. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm glad that Roman's flat back. I'm glad that Sammy's back, man. Good stuff on SmackDown for the most part. Yep, we'll see what they do on Raw, because Raw was a fucking abysmal. A three-hour abysmal show. All right, let's go over Payback's, uh, you know, uh, matches. Like I said, this is Wikipedia. This is not in order. I'm just reading what they have, and there could be more additional matches added. There will probably be a pre-show with some match that's not on this list. Um, we got Matt Riddle versus King Corbin in a singles match. Chris, I'm assuming you got to put over Matt Riddle. I really don't want them to extend the feud and having some fuck finish with King Corbin winning makes me would make me think they're going to keep on going with the two of them. Just let Matt Riddle fucking beat him. Have Corbin do every fucking heelish thing and come this close, but Matt still overcome him. Uh, Bro Derek, one, two, three. That's it. What do you think? Them bringing back all these people made me think that they're just going to continue this Corbin uh, riddle feud. So I'm thinking fuck finish. I know I, I hate saying that because I feel like there's a fuck ton you could do with Matt Riddle. But I he could also just be getting punished a little bit. Well, all right. So stupidly, they decided to announce ahead of this match that we're going to have the main event be Rey Mysterio versus uh, Seth Rollins in a normal match this time. On Monday Night Raw, but they're also having, you know, because of what happened with the other match, um, they never got an ending, basically, with Retribution coming in. Dominic, Ray against Seth and Murphy. I want I want the Mysterios to win, and I want Ray to win against Seth and this to be over with. Um, that's what I hope. We missed a golden opportunity to end this shit last week, so I don't really give a fuck. Either way. But yes, I hope Mysterios win, even though they're just going to throw them in a tag team together. Yep. All right, so Keith Lee going against Randy Orton. Uh, I don't want any involvement from Drew McIntyre, but it seems to me, from what he did to Drew, I think Randy has to win this match. Unless you have Drew interfere, and if that happens, that completely, completely null and voids the fucking punt. Uh, if he somehow shows up with brain fractures and shit. But I don't want Keith Lee to lose his first match on a pay-per-view, but I feel like Orton's going to do something to get a win. What do you think? I think Keith Lee wins. 
And then Randy just takes him out afterwards. And then they do a, a follow-up match with him and Randy. At least this is how I would book it, because you just told me that, you know, Drew McIntyre's dying, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> you spread this out a little bit. Have Keith Lee win the first match, and then, uh, you know, Randy win the second one, and him put, like I said earlier, put Keith in a very bad situation where Keith Lee's about to also get punted in the head, and then out of nowhere, Claymore kick directly to Randy, and then you go to that feud. And you already got Keith, uh, Keith Lee some wins over Randy Orton. You can push him to do whatever afterwards. Um, but you still have that feud with Randy and Drew in the back pocket and out somewhere out there, maybe you get an edge and, uh, an edge and Keith Lee match or something. There's, there's other shit you can do with Keith Lee. I think that's how I would build it. But so here's the bigger question though, Chris is Keith Lee's music going to be changed comes tomorrow. (laughs) So they actually, WWE actually posted on Twitter that he is getting new music. At payback, like WWE, everyone, calm company. down, then. Yeah, they were like, "Hold on, it's not our fault." I mean, it's kind of our fault, but like, look, we're we're gonna let Keith Lee pick his own music. <laughs> we promise you. You know how pissed Vince was because he loves Keith Lee. Obviously, he put him directly in the main event, <laughs> right yep. off the rip. You know how pissed he was about licensing. He's like, "The fuck, the fuck, everyone hates this music." <laughs> Like Vince was probably seething backstage with this shit, but yeah, no. For even WWE's Twitter, I think it had a, a post where it's like Keith Lee's getting new music on Payback, new it, entrance gear. Check it out; it's gonna be awesome. So, okay, good. Ho- hopefully, it's awesome. You know what? I mean, like, what can you do? People hated it, and they're like, if that's really the the only thing you hated about Keith Lee showing up on the show, we can fix that. I mean, we can just change it every week until you like something. <laughs> it's like. I agree. I definitely agree. All right, so Bailey and Sasha going against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Unless Sasha, unless they're going to fucking pull the trigger and start this now, because Sasha has been very pissed off at her friend last couple times, causing her her match and then causing her her rematch uh, in a very roundabout, accidental way when she was actually trying to help her out. So. Unless Sasha fucking just, when Bailey tries to go to pin her, she falls off and leaves her to get destroyed, and they're for some reason going to have fucking Baszler or Nia Jax champion. Yeah, I think Bailey and, and Sasha have to retain right here. Um, what do you think, Chris? I agree with you. I think more of the move is Nia versus Shayna, just so they have something to do on Raw. Yep. All right, so Apollo Crews, Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Um... But there's no stipulation like there has been before in the past with uh, a lack of MVP and Shelton Benjamin. I just think Bobby Lashley's taking this title. Uh, he should have been in it before MVP was in it, honestly. So that's who I think is going to win. Bobby Lashley will become the new U.S. champion. What do you think? I think Apollo Crews is a great wrestler. I'm just going to say this before I go on this little rant. I think he's a really good wrestler. He has zero fucking personality. <laughs> I think Bobby Lashley is not a great wrestler. <laughs> but at least there's something there. He's huge. He's got this myth. He's got MVP as a manager. 
to me, you put the title on Lashley. I would have done more with him and Drew McIntyre, honestly, before I went this route. And also, like you said, I don't understand how this match hasn't already happened. Um, to me, the Apollo Crews experiment's over. He's just a good wrestler. Are Especially you after a, that promo good, on Raw. Are you saying he's a good <laughs> in-ring hand? Bum, bum, bum. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much All what right. I'm saying. So the last match, and this is the first time I've looked forward to a Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman match separately or together. Um, with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, going against Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in his corner against Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship. It's a no-holds-barred, triple-threat match. Anything goes. If Roman doesn't win this and they keep it on the Fiend, I'm going to be pissed. It's very easy. Fiend should have never gotten the title to begin with. We've already gone over that a million times. So you use Braun as the person to take the fall from Roman so Roman can have the title. Fiend can still be mystical and do his thing and fucking try to reinvent him and take a break from him for a second. And have Braun just be angry the next night, and that's fine. That's what Braun does. But Roman needs to get this fucking title. I don't care what the haters say. They can kiss my ass. That almost sounded like Jack Nicholson. They can kiss my ass. Uh, I was about to say that. You did really get old Jacko there a little bit. You got some you got some courtside seats to the Lakers later? <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> you, you've you seen Easy Rider, right? Yeah. What a weird fucking character Jack Nicholson is. In what that a movie. weird fucking movie <laughs> that fucking just... thing is. Especially the ending. It's like, okay, that was how we're going to end it? Holy shit. I agree with you 100% on this match, by the way. You've just put the fucking belt on Roman, strap it to him, and then give us some real matches. You got AJ, you got Jeff Hardy, you got Sami Zayn back, you got Nakamura, you got Cesaro, you got Daniel Bryan. You can give us better shit than Bray Wyatt versus anyone at this point. If him and Braun want to fuck off to oblivion for the rest of their careers (laughs) with mystical matches and shit, sure, go do that. But you know what? Your title should be represented by someone (laughs) that's an actual wrestler. (laughs) Um, So I'm fine with putting it on Roman. And I I really want to see Roman just like wrap a chair around somebody. Both of them. And dude, I'm just saying, Seth, better get your game up, man. If Roman gets that championship, hey, the other shield guys, I got gold. What the fuck's going on with you, Mr. Messiah? Mr. Monday Night Messiah. He's like, well, I, I had gold when they didn't. Remember when I was the when the man was the man's man? I also oh God! Had, had the <laughs> remember when they remember when they cut off his balls on television? That was fun. Uh huh. It's pretty. It's pretty good. There's there's been some really good Seth Rollins booking. I might even write a, a small book about it. <laughs> the booking of Seth and how oh. it sucked. Oh, and it's all the fans' fault, by the way. It's all our fault. We're fickle. <laughs> fickle. Fuck that. I haven't, I haven't fucking forgotten about that, Seth Rollins. <laughs> blame it on the fans. You're shitty looking. You should blame this on the fans. You fucking dick. <laughs> well, this is definitely, like I said, the coolest I've seen Roman look. And the concept of him and Paul, holy shit, that's awesome. So if you're not going to have Paul with room, with uh, Brock Lesnar, because Brock's taking a break right now because he's realizing there's no fucking point, because uh, that's Brock Lesnar, 
yeah, putting him with Roman Reigns, I'm excited. I'm excited with his attitude to Roman Reigns. I think that's the biggest thing that I will say to wrap up everything WWE-related. I, I, I'll also point out that Bray Wyatt was talking to Goldberg on Twitter this week. So him dropping the title and maybe moving on to Fiend versus Goldberg again is not far-fetched because apparently Goldberg has to have two matches a year based yep, on his so contract. Four. In the next two years, he's required to if WWE wants him to. So, I mean, hey, people are going to be really excited about Hill Roman. You guys have been asking for it. Well, here the fuck it is. It's coming. <laughs> you better not bitch. But, all right, well, that is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show that me and, of course, brother Christopher Ray Patton, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, whatever way you want to fucking say it, uh, you know, talk about wrestling. So any new listeners, thank you guys for listening to us. You go to geekvibesnation.com. That's geekvibesnation. Uh, there you'll find just our different news articles that we have on there as part of the community and also links to our social media at Facebook, at Twitter, and also at Instagram at Geek Vibes Nation. So search those up, join, you know, join the conversation, become part of Geek Vibes Nation. And you can find Wrestling Geeks Alliance for any people out there that are listening, new, old. If you didn't know that you could do this, even though I say this every week, um, you can find us. Just Google Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You'll find all the different audio platforms that we're on. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, iTunes. We're on pretty much every downloadable platform. Listen to us every week. And, uh, yeah, message me at danehouse 42 on Twitter. Let me know what you think about the episode. If you agree, if you disagree. We'll have a little bit of dialogue and uh, have some fun. Uh, big rest in peace, like I said, to Chadwick Bozeman. Really shitty news to wake up to this morning. And uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy your payback tomorrow. Chris, say goodbye to all the beautiful people. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I am sorry that I was so full of uh, piss, salt, and vinegar, as some might say. But you can, if you want to, if you want to yell at me about it, you can give me at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. If you're a hockey fan and you want to talk about, hear about the protest and some of the playoffs, you can hit me at, at Skates the Throats. Uh, uh, it's it. We, we got a podcast coming out tomorrow, and um, yeah, and I I have a a new outro song. It's by Clip Von Star. We're gonna throw that up there. It is called uh, Night Rider. So a little bit of John Moxley reference and uh, some overtones of The Undertaker. So I, I'm gonna put that in your ear holes. You guys enjoyed in your ear holes for all of the show, and please come back and listen to us next week. We got two shows we usually do a week. One where we try to go over AEW and NXT, and the other one where we try to go over Ron SmackDown. So we'll get new stuff on either of them as they come out. Keep on listening. Uh, thanks. Thank you, everyone out there. So have a lovely day, and let the Geek Fives be with you. Peace out. Right up with a pleasure or something. Ooh. This 
Yes, I got shit when I spit. I make your change up in 80 years. I'm Keep it 100 like a blue face. Trigger figure squeeze like a wooden and a toothpaste. Man, I stay fly with the two planes. All about the profit like a new thing. The streets know I'm solid like I'm Luke Cage. Get the pole for the bitches like the blue flame. Boy, I keep the take nine like I'm too strange. Put me getting out of pocket like some loose change. All about a band aid Matthews. Everybody knows I'm that dude. When just a handgun, turn up on the statue. I drive by like a drive through your fast food. People say I change till I'm so wet. Everything you do, you damn mimic. Copy all my shit and ran with it. But everything I do, I stand with it. What's a bird box to a crazy? Look, I never been the homie in the bando. I avenge your whole team, call me Thanos. I'm pulling strings, hell, Billy with a banjo. Say they won't beef, I got a crock pot. Fajitas in the whip, that's a hot box. The Glock pop, now I got a playing hopscotch. You get a shoot like you running down a shot clock. Pull the roof back like a drop top. That infrared beam make a skin glow. I keep the four five for you dubs. No, I keep the bam bam like the Flintstones. If it's lit, then I pull up like a fireman. Put that thing to his chest, call him Iron Man. I'm at my peak, my Everest ain't no one higher than. This one man annihilate his entire clan. My name hold weight like a barbell. I ain't playing little bitches, I ain't Narkel. Bigger stay inside this lane like a guardrail. Anybody can get this shit like a yard sale. I'm Kyrie and he LeBron, what that mean? I ain't playing with him. I'm the night rider, you ain't got no songwriter, but it's plagiarism. This I got shit when I spit, I make your change up with atheism. Shit, when I spit, I make your change up with atheism. Yeah.